back to the third place. Happy New Year, everyone. This is the first episode in 2023. Uh, it's uh, I hope everyone has had a wonderful Christmas uh, and also New Year's. Um, I want to ring in the New Year with a very special franchise, I guess you could say, <laughs> but also equally one of my dearest friends and uh, one of the main people who inspired this show. I'm welcoming back Zach Langley Chi-Chi. Hello, dear. Konnichiwa. Uh, it's, it's been a while since we talked on the show. I mean, granted, it was three months ago, but it feels like forever ago that we we sat down and did mirror's edge before the show had even came together at that point. So I'm, I'm happy that you're back now that the show is in it, in it, it's getting its uh, walking legs going, as you could say. Oh yeah. I'm very happy to be back. And I'm so impressed that, you know, in just like 20 episodes, you've already established uh, such a fantastic rhythm. Your show <laughs> sounds exactly like so fully fleshed and exactly how I wanted to sound every time I listen. And I loved your most recent Last of Us episode. I thought that was fabulous. Um, I'm just so proud of you, baby. I, 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 <laughs> I, I feel such a, I feel proud representing ISP as like one of the offshoots. I guess, I guess I'm an offshoot of your show as you the know. ISP Extended Cinematic Universe. Um, okay, I think like basically only your show has survived because hate fiction's over gangbang is on semi-permanent hiatus at this point gang, like gangbang is in a coma yeah gangbang is in a alcohol-induced coma so Push. yeah you're pushing <laughs> forward doing the work i i i live by your motto you got to get up and do the pod every week and it's not stopping no matter what you got to get in the damn Avangelion and start piloting your podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, before we get into the meat of the episode, I, I want to extend my congratulations to you because, you know, this, this episode is happening in the new year. And I want to congratulate you not only on the recent Madonna episode, but just season three, how it's progressing so far. Um, I adore season three, how it's been shaping up and, there's so many wonderful episodes that you've produced this year that have honestly continued to amaze me. I mean, the perfume episode and the Okinawa episodes most recently <laughs> have like been some of my most favorite listens recently. I I can't say enough how much I adore your show and how much it means to me. And I, I might be biased since I love the show from episode one, but I, I feel a special bond with what you do and what you create. So I, I, I congratulate you so far on what you've been, what you did in 2022. <laughs> Thank you so much, dear. You as well. Um, <clears throat> I think I mentioned this on sirens, but actually um, I think I said you, Samuel and Jack <clears throat> are probably the only people who've listened to every sirens episode <laughs> up until this point. So <laughs> you are 100% entitled to say uh, you have a special bond with the show. And I mean, it's funny because the last two months I've recorded easily 15 hours of audio of just going through entire discographies of artists so I'm very mm -hmm. excited to like tard it up and like get, <laughs> and like divorce myself from like the deified pop music that has been you know wrecking my soul and like now I can just sink into the emerald coast sonic layer with you <laughs> I we've been talking about this for like seven months because oh, yeah. it's it's very quintessential to both of us, and I can't believe it's happening. I have to get drunker immediately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
I remember the one night in Discord where we randomly just started almost just like from Not you our blushing right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you remember I you I'm sure you remember that night where we uh started just screaming in your in the gaming channel on your Discord about just like the bizarre uh black holes that the sonic franchise has like created and we've all fallen into yeah it's like uh, the suspiria hall in the remake when like the girls are like walking and they trip into a hole and it like snaps their leg in half like sonic has left that everywhere it's crazy it's truly uh a dark dark very dark uh franchise that i don't i think people understand but they don't they've never been in it like we have i guess no. you could say just you know for context uh last week before we were recording me and hayden uh because i mentioned we were, i was doing this and i we mentioned like i don't want to get too far ahead of myself but it's the uh sonic oc characters where you google your name plus the hedgehog and uh i'm doing that right now uh, uh guess who i googled into that formula and it actually spat out uh, a drawing on DeviantArt. <gasps> Bap the Hedgehog is a real no. thing. Bap the Hedgehog no. is real. No, 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 no. I just touched Chi-Chi the Hedgehog and she's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> time, time to commission an artist to do it right. Yeah, the only thing we have is that cursed JJ image of me drawn as Rose Chew. So, yeah, Oop. no. Boop. We got to get out of the, this. Yeah. <laughs> Run away. Uh, okay, but um, before we get into the Sonic question, uh, I want to ask you because you uh, are a returning guest, and I want to know what you've been playing recently. Uh, mm. I, I've always, I am always curious about what my guests are playing, other than obviously the episodes, at games at hand. So. I want to know what has Zach been playing in the few months that we last talked. Okay, so there's three answers. Um, I graciously and lovingly bought my boyfriend a Nintendo Switch for Christmas. <laughs> and he loves Mario Kart, which <sighs> I do not give a fuck about. But I play it with him. I, I honestly, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. But, you know, you got to do those things to be the pleasant, you know, life partner or whatever. But, God, <laughs> Mario Kart makes me sick i don't care for it otherwise um i play games very slowly and i am planning a final fantasy 10 slash 10 2 episode so i have been picking like an hour away mm -hmm. final fantasy 10 like once a week when i feel like it <laughs> um but the game i was really playing the most that um I kind of I kind of put down for a while just because like october november and december was like non-stop drag bookings every weekend so i didn't really have time for gaming but uh red dead redemption 2 was like a big critical mm -hmm. piece of my artistic consumption in recent memory which, which i you've you've mentioned to me a few times and yeah i for one also i'm surprised that the mario kart thing didn't happen how you because i remember you said you got you would have your bouts with smash brothers like you would have your moments of weakness and get hyper addicted to that i'm surprised the mario kart didn't feel happen the same way for you no because mario kart it just doesn't scratch the same itch because it's not 
because it's like little cars and there's like so many like dumb little items and stuff. It's like, oh, you got a star. Like, oh my God. It feels like it doesn't always feel like 100% your agency that's leading you to victory. Whereas in Smash Bros, when I play with no items, mm-hmm. I killed you with my own bare hands and it feels amazing. That That is true. Mario Kart is like the wrong amount. I won't, I will admit I have my moments of fun with it, but I definitely don't enjoy the, the, the omnipresent evil force of the chance mechanic. Like just you might get this thing or you might get this thing thrown at you. And it's like, literally makes me want to rip my hair out. And I like playing it at like a party or something or like with a bunch of like straight girls. I just, I don't want to, I don't want to sink my life into it. Yeah, I, I I don't play it willingly. I only play it when my nephews make me want make yeah, me play I, it. I play it incidentally. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm. to get onto the Red Dead point, I have been fascinated by your journey through it because I remember getting sucked into it in college when it came out. It was like the sort of big thing at the moment, you know, because it was a much like any Rockstar Rockstar game, when it comes out, it's like the cultural moment. You know, mm. they they drop a trailer or two and then a gameplay video and that's it. And then everyone gets excited for it. I remember getting extremely sucked into it at the time. Uh, I'm, I love this sort of role, like vicarious role playing of your like cowboy, cowboy character, Arthur, as you just live off the land, it's very melancholy and very beautiful. And I've been meaning to go back to it. One of these days, I want to talk about it at some point. Yeah, I love it. I mean, um, the only reason I didn't, you know, complete it, I, I finished the Guarma portion mm-hmm. um, and uh, I got a little bit into the next chapter, but I just didn't have enough time to keep going. But it is melancholy. And I remember in the first two hours when I was like getting used to the mechanics, I was like, Oh my God, this is overwhelming. Like I actually do not have the dexterity and skill management to like successfully play this game, but it's really beautiful because like the maintenance of Arthur with like feeding him, getting his haircut, like getting the hair gel, changing his clothes, like bathing, bathing, sleeping. It becomes like this like Tamagotchi thing. And it's like you and like your cowboy doll and yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very like sad and relaxing and makes you reflect on uh, life in a, a way a game hasn't ever before. Yeah. And this might be me reading into it a little bit, but I feel like the melancholy also reflects the sort of state of Rockstar at the time because the sort of creative heads that were in charge of it, namely, I think his name is Dan, Dan Hauser. He was mm-hmm. the writer, the writer, and I think the director, and he's been the writer of like every Rockstar game since 2000 and Red Dead 2 was his last one before he left the studio and all pretty much most of the old heads of Rockstar are gone now mm-hmm. so I almost get this feeling that Rock Red Dead 2 is them sort of like giving a final farewell to all the sort of properties and and moments that they created through the years I mean I know you know, some people love GTA. Some people don't. I'm in the camp of liking it. I, I, you know, obviously I, I like talked to yeah. I, ta- I, I mean, I talked about the fourth entry <laughs> on my show literally last episode. I mean, I think the series has some really amazing ability to create believable worlds and allow you to sort of 
vicariously live your dreams, whether, you know, extreme violent sexual dreams. And I love that Rockstar always pushes everyone's buttons and it creates controversy. Um, but with like Red Dead 2 is a very beautiful, like send off to this era. Like, you know, Arthur is like a one of my favorite characters of the last 10 years in games. Like you really grow to love him and his like, carefree well not carefree but like he just he lives by his own rules and his like wonderful diverse group of cowboys who accompany him on his journey like it's such a beautiful little game and i i can't hate it i know people want to hate it like it's a people don't like how devoted it is to the simulation uh, sort of thing they don't like all the like what you were saying, the little maintenance thing of Arthur or like hunting or whatever, but I come to love it. Like you, you really get attached to him and you really believe that you are him. And he's like a chow. Yeah, he is. He he re- literally is. And there, there's a simp. there's a, I remember like going into like towns, like the one, the one in the beginning Valentine and just like mm-hmm. walking around just to hear conversations and, you know, you you have that like one mechanic where you can like lightly interact with people in the environment too like yeah and you can like egg them on and insult them or like you know just be friendly towards them it's really wonderful and it also to me reflects um something else that my favorite game of the last five years and the last of us part two also accomplishes which is that it's like anti-gaming gaming like these it's because of the structure of the plot with like this uh death of the idols and mm-hmm. this um slow diffusion of the power structures that like games rely on for their thematic content like you feel that in the same way that the last of us like questions the nature of like violent action that mm-hmm. uh red dead is also like attacking directly like the protagonist and hero forms of gaming and it's uh that's why it's like very mournful in this like 1899 setting feels like so prescient um mm-hmm. so you know i hope that because like he's a like grand theft auto is not it's not like so self-reflexive it doesn't make comment so i would love to see if they could use the uh, franchise to, like make a larger comment about the state of the medium over just like the kind of lowbrow social yeah. satire they lean on. Yeah, like I remember hearing a term about Grand Theft Auto. It's social vandalism, where it's it's so over the top and so extreme about its depictions of America. Like that's the central focus, and I can appreciate what it does. Like there's there's certain moments in Grand Theft Auto that I just I personally love there's uh you know I love how in GTA 4 there's a radio commercial for a reality show called America's Next Top Hooker like I, I love that on a just right. like pure, on a pure surface level like you know I, I was love just rewatching this. the comeback and that's in that as well they have America's Next Top porn star in that yeah it, <laughs> you know and comeback was what year again just for 2004 context. I think Okay, well, GTA 4 was 2008, so I wouldn't be shocked if GTA 4 was inspired by the comeback. Uh, Why not? <laughs> that would be a great inspiration. Uh, Valerie Cherish in GTA 6, question mark. Um, oh, as the protagonist, please. I yeah. need I need <laughs> Grand Theft Valerie Cherish. That would be great. Uh, but I think 
it would be great if Grand Theft Auto could do that because, you know, the sixth game is coming out relatively soon, probably the next year or so. But I, I feel like it's not going to. I mean, the only thing that is really defined about it is that they want the two main characters to be like Bonnie and Clyde, but like modern day, whatever that means, which for modern day means that you play as like some white trash guy and some like AOC type Chola girl. Um, but that's it. Well, I mean, maybe they'll be reflexive on her. Like maybe, you know, they'll find a, a way to. Yeah. I mean, that's the only <laughs> we'll thing. Find we... out. PS5 that's... exclusive. So I'm not going to be playing it. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what I have to do. I'll, I'll be the one to tell everyone if it's good or not, but yeah, I, I do hope, I mean, Red Dead 2, it really felt like the the next step for Rockstar in their sort of progression as a studio. I mean, they hold such a chokehold on the culture with everything they do. I mean, so much so that when GTA 6 was leaked on the internet this year, it became the only thing I saw on my timeline was GTA 6 leaked video, GTA 6 leaked video, you know, all over my timeline. And... I can only hope that like what the lessons learned from Red Dead 2 can continue forward because I Red Dead 2 arguably you, you could say is like their best game in the entire existence of modern Rockstar. Um, well, I mean, it's easily one of the best games ever made. I mean, it it's just even for anyone who, uh, you know, doesn't like like the main and stuff or whatever i it's so thoroughly drawn and expansive and thematically rich and uh complicated and every character is you know it's really just breathtaking so i i think even if it's not necessarily like one of the most original or like striking games ever made it's like by far one of the most accomplished yeah it's super confident in its vision which is something that most games really chicken out of where they become so focused on the idea of we have to appease everyone in red dead 2 much in the way like last of us 2 they are aiming for a specific experience and you have to understand it in order to, to appreciate it and if you don't you make countless video essays on youtube saying how you're smarter than a game dev which you are not uh <laughs> you know a average video essayist, essayist on youtube uh but uh i think I think it is now time to, to, address, it. <laughs> to address the blue blur. Um, as we stated before, you and I have a very long history with this character, Sonic the Hedgehog, which I feel mm. in, I feel insane saying right now. Uh, but it's dirty confession. It really is because, like, okay, you know. Sonic the Hedgehog, 3D, you know, platformer, whatever, you know, kids game, whatever, 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 I don't care. But there is such a clear distinction between the realm that Sonic occupies in the culture than, let's say, a Mario. Mario is a very squeaky clean, does not deviate from anything that would, you know, be viewed as like perfection or whatever. Sonic is a ADHD uh inconsistent uh very nefarious uh almost borderline evil uh constantly rechanging its shape to adjust to the different time period it's in sonic is a very it's like literally the vortex it's the blue vortex of the world and 
um i guess to start it off where where does sonic where does your sort of history with sonic well where does your history with sonic the hedgehog starts i i i think that's yeah. the best way to start is where where well, does it all th begin? this is this is terrifying because i don't know when i first got introduced to sonic he has been so baked into my upbringing and my childhood that i do not know where it begins i when i'm thinking back i think i can recall memories like maybe even like pre first grade of like watching my friends play sonic and knuckles on their pcs and then uh, eventually i received a genesis uh for my birthday when i was like maybe like 8 or 9 and i played all the sonic games there um but i some place during that time i developed a really intense uh, obsession with the character as a child like mm -hmm. I went as Sonic I think for first or second grade Halloween mm -hmm. a really scary Sonic costume I had <laughs> my mom would buy Japanese Sonic plush dolls like from Japan and like import them overseas Um, I watched all of the obscure Sonic content like I read all the comics when I was growing up I uh, watched the weird Japanese OVA oh my like, god I watched I was that like, too. Yeah, I was like really deep into it. And, um, you know, when we asked the question, like, you know, what is this whole mess about? Like, I'm sure we'll try to figure out like what it was that, uh, you know, sunk me in so deep. But basically up until the Wii games, I played everything. Like, I mm -hmm. think my last one, I, I when I finally said put no the towel in was uh, Sonic Unleashed, which is really see, disgusting see but... <laughs> you had you had mental more mental fortitude than me i stopped after generations um which was 2010 oh. okay actually i did get a copy of generations on the 3ds for christmas and i i only played a few levels i never really uh, got into it i okay i'm so glad that you had the same experience of you don't know when it started because it did i don't i tried to think all day where it started for me i don't remember it, it just like sprung up from some primordial yeah. well it, yeah. it it's it's evil it's yeah, like some like, horrifying like subconscious thing it, it's it's very shot eerie that you said you remember seeing your friends playing on their pc i remember my brother playing it on his PC, sonic 3 on his <laughs> pc i just got shutters no like, and then like <laughs> the first time i remember playing is i I had my game boy advance and i had sonic advance <gasps> two and three yeah i had sonic <laughs> advance two and three i would take it on the bus i remember showing my friend how to beat the bosses oh my god um uh then like matt because i i like i got a gamecube really late and i remember just sonic mega collection was in my room <gasps> Oh and, my god, Sonic Gems collection yeah. with Sonic Fighters. Oh my yeah. god, no, 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 no. Like, yeah, and, <laughs> and that's how I got into the 2D games. Like, that's how uh -huh. I got, you know, the Genesis games. That's how I got, like, Sonic Spinball. Uh, uh, I remember seeing the intro movie to Sonic CD and being utterly confused about it. Like, what is this mysterious game that, like, no one can pinpoint where it's from i mean eventually i played it of course uh because uh -huh. i'm deranged but like i remember you know and then magically also sonic adventure dx was on was in my room sonic adventure 2 battle was in my room mm -hmm. i remember taking making my mom go to toys r us and making me buy making her buy shadow the hedgehog uh i remember uh -huh. sonic rush i mean it's I don't know where it started. And that's the scary thing is that like, 
I, and I'm sure that other people have the same stories. They don't know how Sonic got into their life. And, you know, it, it just like ambiently happens to you in the background of your childhood. Like, um, I know I was watching the cartoon and stuff, but I also know. Oh that God, Sonic X. Oh, oh no, not even just that Sonic the Hedgehog, the animated series, like the one oh, like from no, 1998 no. with like Sonic says like, and beyond oh. that, I was watching, like, I was so deep into the pit that my mom was buying me the DVDs for Sonic Underground. Oh, no. I, Do you know I, this? Yes, I know. It. I never got it. But, like, because, you know, early YouTube, all the episodes were, like, you know, put on there because copyright didn't exist. The copyright laws mm-hmm. or rules didn't exist. But, like, that's how I got exposed to it. I saw the OVA was all on YouTube. Sonic you know the Jaleel White Sonic the Hedgehog TV series. Yeah, I remember the the darker Sonic cartoon with Sally. What's her name? Sally Acorn, which is yeah. an adaptation of the comic. Yeah. yeah. Wait. Okay. Like I know to the you everyone listening, it sounds like we're being dramatic, but it's real. Like Sonic becomes like the Twin Peaks return bug entering the girl's mouth, and it just. Mm-hmm you literally feel like you're infected with this like blue mascot character who's you know on the surface level is so one-dimensional he likes to go fast and he's you know he's a little bit of a trickster but like there is something evil being like a young child especially you know because you and i are the same age like being on the early internet too. And like uh-huh. you see all the literal deranged fans of this franchise, you know, as we were saying, the deviant deviant art, Sonic OCs existing. You see all the uh, Sonic, the hedgehog uh, YTPs existing just magically out of nowhere. And then obviously the, biggest Bob orb of the entire internet, Chris Chan, Chris Chan. Yeah. Like you, you get, and it's not because it's like, I I feel like you're not actively looking for this content. It feels like you are being pulled into this like spider web of just like true evil. Yeah. Cause it comes out from some Chthonian place that is just not, it's just not well. And the reason it feels so uncanny and unsettling is because like, Okay, the other popular mascot character, Mario. Like everyone <laughs> is oversaturated with Mario. Um, but the thing is, is that the brand is very, very curated. And like even when they had the era in the nineties and they were kind of loose with the IP and did that disgusting like live action film that's really creepy, or like <laughs> you know, the cartoons and stuff. The thing is, is that they like always like um had like a very precise image of him and the content was very easily accessible anyone could like fall into mario but to get this like sonic stuff you had to like dig really deep into like japanese like sadako wells like the ring well in order to like pull up new sonic things and it wasn't easy you know you had to like really like dig for it and the fact that this like all managed like well up in like my my child's subconscious is frightening yeah i i the one answer i you know i uh, try to think of when it comes to the sonic question i mean sonic as a brand was created near 
as like a marketing strategy, you know, to mm-hmm. be to make Sega number one. And it, <laughs> and on the surface level, that feels you know very business strategy. It's like oh, the Sega wanted to be on on top of the world. They wanted to you know go above Nintendo. But it almost feels like they sold p- part of their like integrity and soul in order to do this. And so Sonic now becomes whatever he has to be. But it's like it makes no sense. I mean, as I mentioned, Shadow the Hedgehog, a game that has like baby's first introduction to swearing uh, with. <laughs> damn uh, it. Yeah, with uh, yeah, that where's that damn fourth chaos emerald? Like, oh my god, I hate that. I know that line. I hate. I know. I hate that. I know that ah! line. Um, like a, a cartoon hedgehog holding a gun, mm-hmm. like that. That was a serious effort by them that they made. There's you know the the 2006 reboot that is so broken and so cursed so demented where like sonic is being 100 serious and has a girl a human girlfriend uh who's a final fantasy character she looks like a final fantasy <laughs> character then you have generation or unleashed with the werewolf hedgehog that's like trying to be devil may cry and god of war like baby not to first... mention uh you have sonic in the secret rings where he's an <sighs> arabian genie you have sonic in the black knight where oh my god like the further you go into this like the more like Sonic unsettling it gets at, at the Olympic Mario Games. games. Uh, uh. <laughs> it's like uh. it feels <laughs> I it's so weird too, even when they like when the the quote fan base got mad at Sega for doing these ridiculous ideas, and then you still have you know Sonic morphing into even weirder realms of the of the subconscious that just feel evil in itself that like you had like sonic forces that you could create your own character who was like you ran around with sonic that felt very devious in intent you had like lost world i which you know is that like weird 3d one with a run button i mean god i i as I said, I hate that I know this. Yeah, um, but because so I think that the the sort of tainted curse that it's like laid on top of everyone is so ineffably strange and uncomfortable. Maybe firstly because it's literally furries, like that might be yeah, one of the leading reasons. But probably. beyond that is because no one has any vocabulary to talk about this, and because like Sonic is fundamentally uncool, like. It's not like a badge of honor to be into him. It's like a weird like fetish that you have. Yeah. Like because it's so ineffable, like people then start doing this bizarre academic video essay nonsense. And once you crack into this specific subgenre, you will find out that there are millions of Sonic the Hedgehog video essays on YouTube. Yes. It's a whole cottage industry. It's so crazy because we're all so tied up with this like Black Lodge curse of Sonic that we have no idea like what the fuck we're supposed to do with this like strange like pre-adolescent energy in us that it's now diffused into YouTube content and it gets more disturbing with each layer. Okay, here's a question for you. Do you think, you know, because I, you know, I know exactly what you're talking about. The uh-huh. video, the 2010s are defined at least on youtube are defined by everyone make having to throw in their two cents about sonic games like or sonic as a property or whatever i 
I, I wonder if like the 2010s as a sort of nebulous concept of a decade made it worse. Like, oh, I, it I, totally like, did because it was like the intellectualization of uh, libidinal urges. Like previously, like the public sex drive is what steered pop culture. If you look at any of those, like um like vaseline like yellowed out like you know black pop music when it's just like endless sexualization like reveling in human bodies and stuff and then you know we enter the academic the academic academia <laughs> and like the intellectualization of um pop culture and of like the human like sexual urges like all of a sudden everything had to have like a dialectic reason and it had to be a easily consumable on a feministing or the guardian article and so uh when then when people started to look back on sonic because the terrifying engine of youtube will just start making comment about literally everything that ever exists whether it needs it or not of course they end up applying that terrifying you know into like intellectualization of sonic too it's it's so weird i mean for is it safe to say that if you were a sonic fan especially if you grew up with the adventure games heroes mm-hmm. shout out the hedgehog 06 you either became a tranny on the internet or you became a sex freak of some kind Is here are the a- three things that can happen to you you can become autistic you can become a tranny or you become like deeply perverse and i do not know how we got out of it except i guess i am really fucked I guess- up sexually is yeah, that I sonic's fit- fall I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know. No, like, it can't be. <laughs> no, I, 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 I believe in my soul that that's not the case. But it's like it, you know. I think of the three. Well, I mean, I definitely have. <laughs> jokingly, uh, I definitely have the you autistic are not part. Autistic, not at all. <laughs> not at all. No, you but, just, okay, you just know a lot about a topic that you love that does not make you autistic. Okay, you are okay, not that. I think no. of. I think of the three. You and I picked the best route the only one that's feasible to live with like (laughs) like it's so like again i I think you made a great point it's like the 2010s put a magnifying lens on a a subculture within a subculture of the internet that -hmm. should have never been discovered because i mean look what we look what had happened was in the last year like the whole christian getting arrested thing like you know if you <laughs> it's like if you were on the on early YouTube, you remember seeing Chris Chan in his like demented, deeply disturbing room talking to his father, like you know. But that was that was like self contained. Like it was when Sonic was when the Sonic subculture help hit was that it was okay. Like, you know, you could sort of rationalize and be okay with that. But as soon as the video essay happened and suddenly now everyone has to make a 50 part Chris Chan documentary detailing one crazy person's life, then like it's suddenly like Pandora's box has opened and it can't stop. And it the Sonic, you realize like the Sonic franchise is endlessly consuming itself, trying to figure out what it wants to do. Uh, which actually, I wanted to bring this up. I think this is actually a good point. Um, I recently played the newest Sonic in- uh, entry, Fron- right. Frontiers. Uh, I, pr- you probably didn't have enough time. I to- certainly did not. <laughs> yeah. Um, Frontiers, 
And, and so I, I got frontiers in my bout where I had the flu last month and I beat it in three days. God help me. Um, but frontiers is a very fascinating moment for this franchise where it, it doesn't, obviously it can't, it can never address anything that this franchise has created in the culture it's, itself. But frontiers is a weird reflective moment in the franchise where it looks back on itself in at least in the last 20 years. And it has this very, in a way, melancholic feel about its own Sonic as a property. Like it, it for example, like I'm sure you, Zach, you, you know, like, from unleashed like the modern sonic gameplay that weird 3d 2d hybrid thing i hate it so, yeah um so that's like the part of it but like there are like these challenge levels because the game's open world and it's very missed imagery it, it very evokes the sort of very isolating lonely feel of mist for me mm -hmm. uh with its pop in rails in the sky and jump pads and all this like clearly the result of not enough time and also they had to make the game for the lowest common denominator the switch um right. uh but it, there's these challenge levels that are like these sort of tradition traditional sonic levels and they literally copy and paste levels from like older games into this like there are That's what there, I heard, yeah there, there's like you know the green forest level in sonic adventure 2 uh-huh it's in frontiers like beat the, for beat the same yeah beat for beat the same thing same things happen in the sonic adventure 2 happen in this frontiers level oh. and sh and to the general public that comes off as lazy but to me it feels like a weird moment of reflection that the series has never ever gotten to it would never bother address this or reflect on itself as a property franchise game series whatever you want to call it but like collective nightmare yeah it, exactly um but frontiers is legitimately a it's for one it's a legitimate good game almost pretty much great game which is uh -huh. which is hard to say for this franchise at moments um because there are some real pieces of fucking shit in this franchise. Like, but like, this is a legitimate great game and it feels almost like a final moment. It almost feels like it's meant to be the final game in the series. Like, Let it, it be. It should be, but they said this is the, this is the, the, uh, the, te the, the jumping point for the next 10 years, whatever, you know, so be it. I don't care. I'll probably play one in five years. Um, but like there the game is a much more somber tone to it there's not much wise you know sonic's not trying to be cool as much he's much more trying to be level headed and you face this like ai little girl who's like trying to understand like sonic as a character and it feels like sega and sonic team are trying to like very lightly address itself and it's kind of amazing like it doesn't go the whole distance and i don't think it ever could but i'm like you actually did this and that's actually kind of cool like you you 
you actually pointed the mirror at yourself and you said, look at what you are after 20 years of hell. And like the, the, the final boss of the game is you facing an entity called the end, which is a giant purple like star that's going to, to destroy the entire existence where it's constantly asking that, why does human why does life matter why does all like very nebulous sort of questions about life which feels very out of place for a sonic game mm-hmm. it, it and you have this like song that plays it's very you know feels like it's the it's trying to be the final moment of something important and i'm like thinking to myself playing this i'm like sonic actually tried to do something interesting and cool with itself and it's like meta meta commentary on itself it's very very light and maybe i'm dig- digging too bit too into no this. i i'm that's kind of what my impression was after watching like enough uh videos of it and what have you but it's funny because uh with like mario you can never do this because they don't characterize him at all outside no. of like five lines like yeah. he doesn't speak yeah he, like he these little noises yeah which is why him having a movie is very like beyond the pale moment for oh <laughs> another thing that happened are those fucking live action cgi sonic movies oh, did you see those Lord. yeah yes i saw I the watched first both one. of them i saw the first one i didn't even hate them i was like it's i was like expecting to be like disgusted but like the thing is like i'm like these are like very palatable <laughs> i yeah, mean the first one's a commercial it's just like literally like product placement the entire movie but like it's fine it is they're fine i took i i took my boyfriend at the time to see it <laughs> which oh, is unfair <laughs> Umfi did not take her girlfriend to go see Sonic in theaters. <gasps> Girl. In my in my defense at the time, I was saying he wanted to see it. I tried did to steer away from Boy, Is that true? <laughs> no. Yes, yes. I swear. I swear. I wanted to stay away from that movie. I said, like, if I if I allow I didn't my... want to watch it either. It got dumped on me on a movie night, and someone like pulled Sonic out of the bin. I was like, "You don't know what your ref like what this means to me." It's no, like I... very intense for me to go back to this. Uh, you know, I left Sonic basically in the past. Me like too. I left, I like I left it done after that generations game. Um, I played Sonic Mania, me too, which is great. Yeah, it's, it's fabulous. It yeah, is it, not evil. It has nothing creepy in it. It's just a game. It's yeah. not it's subterranean. A, it's just fun. Yeah, it's a celebration of like the pure beginnings of the yeah. franchise. And you know, the fact that it's made by fans, I think, reflects how good of it is. But that was the only thing I touched with it from 2010 to today was mania Mm -hmm. and i had a wonderful time gal i had a great time mama i had a wonderful time (laughs) i had when i you know play as miles tails per hour oh honey doll oh honey sweetie doll no i I, like sonic mania was like and then i played it and then i was like i wonder if like all of those games i used to play like were like actually all right like you know Mm -hmm. and then do you know what that sucked me into what video essays I I got pulled back in by the fucking video essays after Sonic Mania. This is a uniquely like 
like zoomer and like zoomer millennial gap Yes. thing is like the youtube videos and it's such a sickness and the sonic content like really emblemizes how awful it gets and i really it's it's the quality i hate about myself the most is that i watch clips on youtube i watch compilations i watch video essays i watch cunty film review i hate it i hate i hate i hate it i want to Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, banish I it from my persona I do too, but like I I'm trying to rationalize it, but I can't, but like you can't it's awful but like it's our brains are so like okay because like let's think about it you probably got do you remember like some of the first youtube videos you watched because i remember harry potter puppet pals um the harry potter lego stop motion videos Why are we the same person? i know like it's just i remember those like coming <laughs> up and then eventually it became shows Let's get some shoes. Shows. Like that video. Yes. And like it, it was just more, 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 more. And then it spirals all the way out until the year of our Lord 2022. And I have watched at least 10 Sonic video essays this year easily. Probably It, it, 15, it's... 20 even. I mean... I'll save it for the Sonic Adventure part because it's worth it. This is worth bringing up when it when it comes to those games in specific, but like it, it you know, video essays at the sums are some very malicious content because it's like some person on the internet proclaiming that they're they are the intellectual source of understanding games as a medium, but it's like you know. <laughs> Me on my me on my podcast every week. <laughs> but like you know there there's a difference between a video essay and a podcast like a podcast feels natural like a video essay feels like it is trying to <laughs> do something like to change something for the worse uh huh. like But it that's because the moving image is fundamentally perverse. Like mm -hmm. the idea of film is inherently like sexual and evil because it's a form of voyeurism. Like yes anytime you watch an image and it's looking into a representation of life, it is both uh, perversely looking into something that you shouldn't be looking in on. And then two, it is sexually gratifying in a way that audio merely Yeah. can't be. So yeah. So when you are using the visual mode to like convince of something and to make a point about fucking Sonic, you are seventh layer of hell. Stay It's away from me. okay. Hypothetical if a video essay, if you were to just put the video away and you couldn't watch the video and it was just the audio, would it be any better? You think? Would a video, the audio of the video essay, would that be redeemable if the video was like, let's say it's like on a laptop and the laptop was like closed, Uh-huh. but somehow the audio could still, you know. Uh, go out into the world would it be better No, I think it's just as bad because I know for a fact that the way I watch a lot of this nonsense is that I'll be like lying on my side on my futon and like kind of jerking off, but like not committing to it. Like, you know. <laughs> no i yeah i i i understand completely but like i have like, I have like something on my phone. I'm looking at it, I'll just start jerking off a little bit. And I think I'll have like this Sonic video essay in yeah the background. i have Then I'll like stop. I'll like well yeah lay if down and <laughs> It feels very pornographic to watch a video essay on a game because it's like you're seeing, you're looking into the realm of someone else's Uh-huh. thoughts. I mean, granted, 
my show um but oh, mine too but you know podcasts are also conversations most <laughs> of the time i mean i do plenty of solo episodes and you do as well but it's like you know there's there's more of an of an element there but i, I want to ask this too because what do you think is so provocative about sonic to make him such a sexual emblem because i mean obviously chris chan being the regent horror of the whole thing like has such a fucked up like sexual iconography that he's like had to conduct his own microcosm of eros like entirely through sonic characters but even more lightly like this is what has led a lot of people into being furries it is uh you know, I would honestly argue there has been no harm by Drag Queen Story Hour, but Sonic has fundamentally yes, yes, like yes, 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 reversed yes, yes. millions of children. <laughs> well, it's interesting too because it's like there's the pre-Sonic like animated, you know, anthropomorphic, you know, characters, and then there's the post-Sonic. Post-Sonic, yeah, and because like you know, I think a uh, a good mutual of ours, Reagan. You know, he draws like anthropomorphic characters, but like his inspiration, I would say, is pre nineteen ninety nine. You know, right. those are Don Bluth, uh, you know, uh, movies and all that stuff. Reagan's characters don't look like furries; like they look like you know people. what I mean. Yeah, they, they look, look like, like people. But Sonic characters always look like furries, like because they have these strange shapes oh. that are very appealing the co- yeah. they're all color coordinated there's a red one there's the pink one there's the blue one there's the green one there's a purple one yeah. and they have these strange like plasticky kind of spikes and head shapes and distorted bodies and it's so particular that they do not look human but they provoke a sexual reaction I, I I have to um, wonder if it's because of these like amorphous blobish shapes the fact that they act human like maybe that's yeah, sort of yeah. like the the sort of the id of the brain <gasps> goes like into sort of like a like a full speed ahead and just like <gasps> takes i i like not no, you're like, onto something not, not not like actively maybe well not for you and me but like for those people like seeing these shapes but the fact that the shapes can make jokes or or in one specific case rouge the bat has shapes that resemble tits and she has sexualized under i mean obviously her entire character is sexualized but like again she's not a bat per se but like she's a weird i i want i i feel like i'm like there's something the fact that like it's this the unconscious mind is like running with turning this blob into something that pleases it <sighs> like cause, i mean like sonic characters are as one-dimensional as they come they're mm. like sonic is rude with an attitude or whatever tails little boy like that's it knuckles dumb jock like big the cat retard retard uh rouge the bat cunt amy rose amy needy girl like uh Uh, shadow shadow edgy 
Like there, there's there's one adjective for each of these characters that describes their whole essence, and yet because you have boiled them down to these amorphous blobby, like bleh, like these yeah. shapes, it's like stomach, legs, big feet, big hands, huge head, like enormous eyes. It's like yeah. it's like reducing a human image into something at its most abstract, but also it's the most concentrate. So then when you see them with these archetypal, archetypal, like personalities, like bickering with each other, interacting with each other, like flirting with each other from time to time, like what happens is that you start like spinning girls, spinning (laughs) away from normal human sexuality and into like, a much more graduated, like postmodern, like conceptual one. Yeah, it because it's you know imagery. I mean, with games because they are you know interactive. Yeah, they're interactive to an extent. I mean, like they're not mm. fully interactive, but the they fact require that require input. And I think I think it's safe to say that the the age range of this perverted Sonic fan is probably from like 24 to like 34. Yeah, I think that's right. Like, cause I don't see like young zoomers exhibit this problem. And I don't see like the jet, like late early millennial, late gen X gamers exhibit mm-hmm. this sort of phenomenon. Like, I wonder if because of when Adventure came out, because it was the first 3D Sonic game, and you see 3D shapes who on the surface, I mean, does that look like a hedgehog to you? No. Like, it's... <laughs> but, like... No. The shapes... I, I'm trying my best to, like, do No, that. you're getting it. Don't, don't qualify it, yourself. You're, you're on it. Like, it's... Um, because they have emotions like a human, mm-hmm. but they are more or less sort of shapes. Like we see Sonic, he's very pointy. We see Rouge, she's very curvy, very booby. Yeah, <laughs> we see Knuckles, pointy. We see big, round. Uh, <laughs> uh, the crocodile from Heroes, triangle. Like it when Vector. You... His name is Vector. Yeah, Ve- oh my god. Charmy the Bee, SPO. Charmy the, the Bee, SPO, SPO, the chameleon. But like when Blaze you... the cat. I, I almost think it's because you know, because we got exposed to this probably from like you and I from like the ages of five to thirteen. And that like is during when... our like our previous basically. Yeah. yeah. I feel like when you let a child young teenagers imagination what at this pivotal moment in their development and you present these uh i guess you could say like totems mm-hmm. of what so, like what a person should be but like they're not because they clearly aren't people but they have anatomy that makes you think they're people it 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 really does warp your brain because like you know mario is even his pudgy little you know round shape he's still a human looking yeah. thing 
with Sonic. And obviously, like some of those characters, I like, do get like sexualized, but it feels like less perverse. Like to yeah. f- wanting to fuck Peach isn't that weird. I mean, of course, sometimes like the Baba, I've seen like porn of like the Bobombs and stuff before, like Goombas. I you mean, know? like Bowser porn exists. Yeah, I mean, it all like. <laughs> Okay, Bowser even makes like more sense to me as like a sex object than like any like Sonic character because he's like coded to be like some like gruff like raping like you know monster yeah masculine lord exactly. Meanwhile, these are literally just barking shapes that are just like one note characters. But I think you're exactly right. Like it is the other thing is I wouldn't like ever stop like the circulation of sonic media like obviously i think that there's like a weird effect that comes off of it but just because it might be like net negative or like strange like i would never i would never choose to erase it from the world oh neither would i like yeah i sonic and i'm not even in like a panic about it like yeah no whatever you know i think it just is what it is i think it's a unique experience that some like our age bracket can say for itself Mm -hmm. you know in that pre-internet as we know today and not the real wild wild west of the internet of the like 90s era like there was this it was taking its own shape but it was still you could do what you want like I would not want this to be erased from our the collective unconscious no, sort of no, thing. No. Like I think, I mean, would I would the world be better without Chris Chan? Maybe. Yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> without a well, doubt, yes. That is an unqualifiable, unqualifiable yes. But I wouldn't. She's here, honey, and she's queen. Yeah, she's, she's serving. She's ruling the prison as we as we speak right exactly. now. Exactly. Like, and I wouldn't. And maybe this is just like sort of my personal journey through the internet, you know, being starting on new grounds, you know, going through the early YouTube era to Twitter or Tumblr, the Twitter, like I would not want to erase that journey of seeing things, you know, you would wish you would, you know, wish you hadn't seen. I think, you know, because I got exposed to this, I think Mm -hmm. it made me realize how, the modern day discourse is so tame you know when i see nina west talking to children i'm just like well do have you, you know s- like do you even know like what i like saw on like when i was like 12 when i was like looking up like obscure like screenshots of like sonic like do you even know yeah the and foot pics i saw yeah <laughs> like that was 14 years ago like God, I don't want to. And that's get on and that and that's more and that's more traumatizing than anything. One of these like conservative retards will ever parrot on the site yeah. in, in the the conservatards just have literally like no idea what exists on the internet at all. Yeah, I just I don't want to get on another. You know, I've spent the last yeah. six months of my podcasting career shitting on them, but they're fucking stupid. Like they need to get into Sonic to know what real horror. And then they'll never talk about fucking drag queen story hour ever again. Honestly, yeah, I, I mean, it's so weird to like talk about Sonic the Hedgehog and drag queen drag queen story hour in Nina West in one episode. But the thing is, is like <laughs> you, you know, it feels like the Blade Runner. I've seen you know at the end, I've seen things you wouldn't believe your eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, like 
it's a it's Sonic, and the fact that it is Sonic the Hedgehog is the totem and tulpa, or am I using the word right? Tulpa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, that is the vehicle of dis deceit and pits of people's true like repressed thoughts that they can't cannot accept and i almost think that the 2010s made it worse because people could like they had to vent their sort of problem they had to start into like yeah they had to start putting it into words and start making it a linguistic matter like they had to like do like postmodern like uh dissertations on it all this nonsense but it's like if it had just been like left in the libidinal realm it probably wouldn't have turned out so intense yeah. but because of the situation but you know you're, you're saying it's like, it's strange that like nina west and drag queen story hour and all but the thing is is that like i think ultimately the the answer to the sonic question is that he because of the time he came out with like Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure Two, this first time that these talking three D characters are being portrayed on on screen in a meaningful way, and in video games, what it leads to is he is ultimately a sexual tulpa, like he is like an imagined like sexual item of like people like of people from the age range you listed earlier, from people who are like twenty four to like thirty four right now, and. Yeah. Uh, because of the colors and because of the simplicity and because of the abstracted shapes and because of the easy to understand archetypes and the flashy color, all of it, it just leads into him being this um, terrifying vessel for all of our sexual development. And like, yeah. I don't know about you. I don't have any, like, I'm not turned on by anything in Sonic. Neither am I. I mean, I, at, at, but I can recognize it. <laughs> yeah. I can recognize it. Like, I will never in my life, and I'm saying this right now on the pod, you can quote quote me on this in the future, never have I ever been sexually attracted to anything Sonic related. If, never. You know, and meanwhile, people are attracted to like Rouge, duh, but like I just see her as cunty queen diva slay. Yeah, because they're both gay men. <laughs> exactly. I would also, I'm not offended by any straight guy who got like a little like turned on by Rouge or something because she just, she has like big tits. Like, yeah, that's they, all right. And she has jiggle physics with those tits. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But like, I think this is a good place to wrap up the Sonic. I mean, unpacking Sonic is a. Is a <laughs> Don't ever say that again. <laughs> unpack. <laughs> But you know, like, like, like <sighs> Sonic. I mean, it's like literally the the surface level, mm -hmm. but then like underneath the water, like in the parts of the like lake that you can't see beneath, other than just the reflective surface. Like most people will just see, oh, hey, it's a cartoon hedgehog, and he's beating a, a evil scientist. Blah blah, you know, like. But once you submerge yourself, you get pulled into you get pulled by the riptide into the nether realms that is Sonic the Hedgehog. And I think, you know, you had to you have to be like in our age range to understand this problem. I mean, and I I mean I say problem and it's like I I wouldn't change a thing of my development. Like it's just yeah, it's not necessarily a, a problem. It's this just is a hard. fact. It's very. This is hard, but I will say that I truly believe that what we have just accomplished is by far the most critical analysis of why Sonic is, is like this. 
No video I mean, essay would go this far. No, they would never imagine. The other thing is that it also reflects an important piece of like mid nineties Americana, which is like the frightening like influx of Japanese people. Because like, oh yeah, if you read if you read American Psycho or any Bret Easton Ellis novel, he's like terrified of Japanese people. And I realized that like in the eighties and nineties, because Japan had been so economically successful, there was like this enormous fear over like what we now kind of feel about China. Of course, oh, yeah. the the Japanese economy would explode nothing like that would ever happen but it's like the bizarre cultural interaction between sonic and uh but uh, that, that's channeled through sonic between japan and america is also essential so not only is our sexuality being refracted through these retardo shapes but it's also <laughs> being refracted through a japanese impression of america of japan it's, it's like very four layers Hill. of culturalism it is it totally it, is and it's it's equally i think it you it's a great point it's like in the early 90s the two consoles that everyone wanted were two japanese consoles and what was interesting yeah. about sega sega's money maker was america mm-hmm. and they they all you know a japanese company whose biggest division is america and they're making stuff for America primarily. And they're trying to interpret American sensibilities through their own warped mind. And then, you know, Sega at the time was in constant battle with itself, even like Sega of America and Sega of Japan never saw eye to eye on pretty much anything. Like, no. you know, it, famously, you know, uh, this little thing, the Dreamcast. You hey know, girl like <laughs> what what you know what you and i know is the dreamcast came to be because of an american you know the dreamcast was originally when they were proposing it there the american sega department had their own sort of plan with an american company to make the dreamcast the japanese division had their own version of the dreamcast with a japanese company this this is the end result of the Japanese side winning. Yeah. And, and it's a very Japanese console. Yeah, and but again, the biggest the biggest market for the Dreamcast was America. Yeah. And but like take a step back, the Saturn, I don't know if you have any personal experience with the Saturn. I had only touched a Saturn with my own hands uh, for the first time in my life about two months ago. Because originally when we did this, I wanted to buy a Dreamcast to play them on, but it was like way more expensive than I thought it would be. So yeah. I just, I'll just get them on PS3, but yeah. Uh, but like the Saturn is almost the inverse. I mean, the Saturn is an abysmal failure in America, but mm-hmm. it was a great success in Japan. Like, I, I mean, Sega's constant infighting with itself, I feel like birthed the modern sonic that we know in terms of the internet sonic that we know like you know, the dreamcast being such a you know a, a a sad goodbye to an era that we may never get back you know i feel like without the sort without without a without a sega console i feel like maybe possibly the realm of Japanese, like the Japanese interpretation of America might have been saved, like Sonic might have been saved if there was a Dreamcast 2 or something. Two. Yeah, because unfortunately also when Japanese lost its uh, 
you know, its economic prominence and then now has lost its cultural prominence as well. Um, what we used to have were these, uh, you know, bizarrely melted, like, subsexual mascot characters that represented a conflict between two nations. And, like, now we just have fucking K-pop curs just, like, snapping, <laughs> bitching. And then we have Chinese video games. What is that called? Genshin Impact. The- that is the most evil thing in the whole world. Yes. It is so fucking evil. I think that is worse than AIDS. I think it's worse than the Holocaust. That game is so fucked up. I like I tremble in fear. It is so scary. It's gonna end the world. Yeah, if Fortnite doesn't do it, Genshin Impact will. Uh like Genshin Impact is so fucked up. Like, oh my god, it's like a gotcha pawn game. It's like literally just like lottery games, and it's like China doing an impression of Japan. Ew. For Americans. If if you play for Americans who are retarded little cows and they can't like learn to wean themselves off of addicted tendencies like that. Oh my god. If you play that game, you have to wake the fuck up. It is not okay. Stop now. Yeah. It. It's like your it's like the battle royale episode you said when you went into Fortnite, but this is even more extreme of a wake yeah. up call. Okay, Fortnite at least is like a game. Like Genshin Impact is like way, 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 way worse it's than a, Fisher it's, Price Masturbator. Yeah, it's on the, I mean, for one, it's a money waster on one hand. Like it's merely exists so you can get like these like lobotomized little like anime girls, but these are anime girls through the eyes of a Chinese developer like it of Japan for America exactly like you said it's so like this is why I feel like I'm such a Sony diehard even when like the internet wants to hate PlayStation because of it's so woke you know last of us two whatever like at least there is a Japanese developer who is at least even if Sony is a worldwide company at least Japanese sensibilities seemingly of the old are still being kept alive because they do death stranding yeah done yeah exactly death stranding 2 argument over death stranding 2 coming soon Uh, exactly like uh, Kojima exists Nintendo is just gone that not even not even SMT5 could save the switch no I'll be okay. Uh, uh, to a little tangent, but <laughs> like SMT five screaming. Uh, uh, SMT five, one of the saviors of the Switch. I'll also say, even though I haven't played them, but uh, mm-hmm. John Telepathy Party, big fan of Xenoblade Chronicles two. Oh, that also is another game that potentially is there to save the Switch fan base, which is and great. All Xen- of those are not Nintendo. Yeah, no, yeah, no, uh, Xenoblade is made by former Square Enix employees. Right, and then the other is Alice, obviously. So Nintendo is for jerking off like a little dumb baby, and then... Um, Xbox is fucking... I, can I just say, I hate, X, I hate Xbox in the current state it is in. Where what is a new one called right now? It's called the Xbox. Ser- series X and Series, I hate it. E- series I don't- S. 
I don't like that they don't have a disc drive and that you have to like, and then I don't like they have a subscription service that you can stream games on. Yeah, I which... want to break them with baseball bats. No, 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 no. I will buy Cause... a PS5. I just got inspired too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to buy one like right well, now. Well, you're going to buy one because Death Stranding 2 is a PS5 exclusive. Yeah. And then Silent Hill F. Yeah. Silent Hill F. Another potential it's savior. F, right. Yeah. F, which. This is my Silent Hill hit. F is gonna save the world because it's written by the guy who did Higurashi. Which yeah content. Uh, this is my uh gamer gamer premonition. Silent Hill F means Silent Hill 5. Um it's gonna be Silent Hill 5. They're gonna call it that. Um and guess what? It's good because they're finally doing something new. They are going, it's a Japanese development team and they're setting it in Japan. Go in, ni- in I, 1960s Japan. And you know what's gonna be horrible? The Silent Hill 2 remake. I'm I've already decided it's gonna suck. I hate it. Oh I okay. You're I, more I, optimistic about this than me, but I don't like them for the uh, name Blue Bluber team. I, no, 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 no. Don't trust it. I don't want to trust it, but here's the thing that gives me a little bit of hope. Konami apparently is very ke- keeping them on a extremely short leash, apparently. Great. Of all companies that I want someone to yeah, hold I, a leash. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I know, like, modern-day Konami, like, who knows? But apparent, like, re- literally, like, a few days ago, Konami, one of the heads of Konami, who is a former Metal Gear head, like, he's a, uh-huh. he was a former Kojima Productions guy. Uh, he was the director of Zone of the Enders. Um, he recently said that 2023 is the year of long-awaited for konami that is the key word for him long awaited i i hold up hope. Girl, we will see I, I mean yeah it's totally a we will see because who knows is that, is that a, a serena chacha quote she says we will see girl we will yeah. see i mean listen serena chacha where's her video game uh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> anyway all of this is to say that um culture has never been worse and ever i think i think things are Improving in some mediums. I think literature is interesting at the moment. I think um, so film is definitely film is under- great right now. Um, games but, are fighting. Games are fighting for their life. Babble on. Babble on. Like we used to have these like smorgasbord like amalgations of sexual culture clash or like Sonic, and did it make everyone little freaky transgender AGP furries? Okay, but at least those it did people something. Were having- yeah, at least it did something. And also, those people fuck. Because, like, Zoomers don't fuck. They don't do mm-hmm. anything. So, whatever. Yeah, I, I, You know what? <laughs> Silent Hill app is going to slip. I'm sorry, I lost the thread here. But I, just I don't care. This show, this, world. My, my show is about tangents because... <laughs> but, you know, I, I think exactly that's a point. I think this is a good place to... <laughs> I feel like we could, you and I could talk about this whole debate for five hours. Like, it, it, it's, yeah. <laughs> it, it is opening Pandora's box uh, with sonic as a question mark but i think i think we could we got a good answer in there somewhere (laughs) yeah i i think it to wrap it up as best as i think we can because we've been drinking um i think i we would not want sonic to or like if we had the ability to erase what a sonic has created no we would not do that we would not erase the sort of irreversible effects on the state of things um i also think that in its own perverse way sonic at least was 
connected with humanity in a, some weird weird way it mm-hmm. still felt human like these are still developers in sega and sonic team making something whether it, even if it is busted janky and broken at least it's still doing something um and i think you know i think it's sonic just represents a very Sonic is just a never-ending rabbit hole. Like, you know, if you are willing to look into it. Mm-hmm. And I think this I think it's time that we get into the two two games of discussion. The first one is Sonic Adventure. out of beer i have one left thank god we need it for these two games i know i still have i still have oh that's the empty one uh i still have this much vodka left we will see how far i go uh i so sonic adventure was first released well uh, in America, September 9th, 1999, uh, in America on Dreamcast launch day. Uh, it was Sonic's first proper 3D entry in the series. Uh, the Infamously, Sega did not put out a Sonic game on the Sega Saturn. Uh, so this was like viewed as the big return for Sonic uh, after Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Uh, it is almost like an rpg uh i think it's even described as one uh in a lot of cases a lot of cases uh you play as not just sonic but five other characters tails knuckles uh amy uh big and and e102 gamma gamma. uh 
And it is this sort of interweaving, interconnected story of Sonic and crew and his wonderful little cast of blobs uh, trying to stop Dr. Eggman from powering up this like water creature named Chaos from destroying the world. Uh, again, pretty damn simple of a premise, but Zach, uh, I don't, well, for one, I know you had a Dreamcast, uh, mm-hmm. so I'm assuming this is where you first experienced Sonic Adventure was on your Dreamcast. Yeah, I played Sonic Adventure on a burned copy on my Dreamcast because you could still burn Dreamcast mm-hmm. games very easily. And um, of course, I, I played this game into every possible corner I could. Um, I think I've got all the emblems on it on my original Dreamcast copy, and I what's special about Sonic Adventure, especially for its time, is that it has a world map that is a quote, fully explorable unquote, <laughs> revisiting the game that's very much not the case. But it's very charming to me as a child because it has these locations that are moderately well realized and mm-hmm. you have a free reign to jump and walk around them. And I think I spent more time in this game jumping on top of cars and <laughs> bullying people by rolling around them and just um <laughs> running around than like doing anything else so it felt very immersive to me and um that paired with the child garden which i'm, I'm sure we'll get to oh. was uh oh mother mother uh, mother of the house of the childs uh, <laughs> uh so my first experience was with the GameCube. I got the port, the Sonic Adventure DX, the director's cut, which makes no sense because the director's cut was not directed by the, the original director. Um, mm. And also the DX port is actually inferior to the Dreamcast version because uh, uh, it's really glitchy uh, to the point where it's, it it breaks several parts of the game. Like there's parts in the first Sonic level Emerald Coast where like sometimes you'll just fall through the loop de loops, like and you can't do anything, or you'll just get shoved against the wall and you'll just clip through the wall. Like it's famously uglier than the Dreamcast version because oh, the yeah. textures are derezzed and um they change the models Sonic, are yeah. awkward. Yeah, they, it, they, it, they changed Sonic's model from like the weird. Or the cutesy, weird little, like, in between the old and the new look. Uh, they made him more pointy uh, in DX. Uh, but, like, to me as a kid, I didn't notice. I still had, like, a ball, to, like, playing it. Like, I remember sinking so many hours. Like you, I, I remember messing around with all the NPCs in the level. You know, because... In the grand scheme of things, these levels that you can explore, Station Square, uh, Mystic Ruins, and the Egg Carrier, there's not much you can do, but like there's still an innate charm to exploring a level as Sonic or one of the characters just jumping around, rolling around, just like jumping on cars to go different parts of the area. Like there's there's an innate charm to all that, you know, especially because this was Sonic's first adventure into 3D. Uh, I remember I remember just like wanting to just replay all of Sonic's levels. And I also remember playing Tails' levels 
and how you can break them so easily because they were not designed with him in mind because tails can fly and you can just skip almost all the level the entire level you just like go to the end yeah it this is a case of first try and they didn't really succeed in in some areas like i think in terms of sonic they nailed it like sonic's practically perfect like his, his campaign is perfect tails is a cute little story of a sidekick realizing his self-worth um knuckles's story exists that's all i can really say it's a uh, him being a dumb idiot and not realizing he's being backstabbed by the clear villain um uh amy underrated horrifying but, very, but also way too short it's like uh, 40 minutes long yeah it's three levels yeah um, um big, the big cat. is a fishing level it's yeah. fishing it's sega bass fishing um it exists it is awful um I remember as a kid avoiding that to the very end. I did not want to play big segment. Uh, and then Gamma's levels are okay. Um, yeah. it, okay, it, the gameplay is what it is. Um, for every character except for Sonic, it's like... It's interesting that they took this approach uh, when bringing it into a 3D landscape. Because, of course, Sonic is famous for his 2D side-scrollers that were... Uh, very aesthetically defined, and they make a lot of sense when you play them in 2D, like, even though, like, these landscapes are, like, nonsense and are completely, like, yeah. unfathomable, um, putting them to 3D is, like, no, no easy task, and oh yeah, for what it's worth, actually, they do feel, like, convincing and full of inertia, and it is exciting to play and it's like lightly challenging, but mm -hmm. still very simple. So it does feel um, pretty rewarding when you're playing the Sonic levels. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, this game, I mean, for the context for this game, this was in the transition period where Sega was like literally on death's doorsteps in terms of making consoles. Like mm -hmm. in many ways, Sonic adventure had to be in 1999. It had to be good. Like, you know, and they had to get it right. And they kept restarting ideas. They kept redoing levels to make sure that they were good enough. Uh, and, you know, in this period in time, I don't, you know, I think we take for granted how three, the transition from 2D to 3D in any case, whether any franchise, that was a monumental, very scary proposition you had to do. Like mm -hmm. no one, no one understood the mechanics of 3D and how things work in three dimensions. I mean, Mario made a excellent transition to 3D. Like I think it's very well obvious that Mario translates to 3D fairly well. But Sonic at its core is very challenging. You have to translate speed and inertia and also the ability to search around and find secrets. Like how do you do that in 3D when things are pro you know there's so much information being processed in front of your eyes? And that is a hard task, but somehow with Sonic's, at least with Sonic's levels, they, mm -hmm. I think, nailed it. Like, I think in, in my heart of hearts, I really do think that the Sonic campaign 
is fantastic. Like, it, you know, from a pure gameplay perspective, you know, you have the Sonic has the most levels in the game, obviously, you know, main character, blah, blah, blah. But like each level is really well made. There's great segments of speed. There's great X parts of it that are exploration and fighting things. And they also introduce little set piece moments that are fun and bring a little bit of challenge. Like windy, like the second stage, windy Valley has the tornado segment where you get thrown into a tornado or there's the ice, the ice level ice cap zone where you have a snowboarding segment or, uh, in Sky Deck, which is one of the latter levels, you have to deal with the gravity changing and you have to traverse the level like on its side and all this stuff. And is it perfect at times? No, there's some jank that you have to deal with this game. Um, I mean, the jank is crazy um, because this is a first like 3D game, like in the initial, like the camera is un bearable even if you use the manual setting it is so unwieldy and problematic like when i was watching all these stupid video essays talking about it like the camera is horrible i'm like whatever just get used to it it reminded me of how people complain about the silent hill tank controls uh but this is actually like a nuisance (laughs) like for real yeah like (laughs) There's a difference between tank control cameras in Resident Evil and Silent Hill where they're not bad and they they just take like five seconds to get used to. Mm-hmm. This one, the camera is literally like a spastic thing. Like, you have yeah. to fight with it. And it constantly changes its perspective and its axis. It It doesn't know how to behave itself. And maybe when I was a kid, I was willing to put up with that sort of jank, but... Well, I didn't even realize it was unwieldy back then, because I didn't, like, know what, like, a good camera would have been, you know? Like, I think, legitimately, the worst, for me, the worst instance of this is Skydeck, the level Skydeck. It is Oh my god, it's so bad. Oh my god. The first half of Skydeck is fun where you're like hopping between the like different floating platforms, but as soon as it does that gravity segment, oh my god, it is awful. Like it is unwieldy because like they like they they have moments where it's like following Sonic from behind, but then suddenly the camera is like 20 feet in the air in an isometric angle. And then you have to like make precision jumps from this bizarre angle that also has the cam like controls also feel different. It's oh my god! It I remember playing Sonic Adventure on my PS3, uh, like a few weeks ago, and I was I it took me ten minutes to beat Sky Deck. It was just unwieldy, awful, atrocious. It's probably the worst level in the game for me. Like, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, like. Emerald Coast, perfect. Uh, Windy Valley, perfect. Ice Cap Zone, yeah, could 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 maybe be a little bit faster. Uh, uh, what else? Uh, Twinkle Park um, Slay. Tw- Twinkle Park is Slay. The the highway one. Speed Highway. I love her. Uh, speed Speed Highway is probably the best level in the game, especially when it has the segment where. You're running down the side down of the this, building. Yeah. Because this game is so good at like making a little cinematic moment where it's like it 
capitalizes on like what you're expecting out of a fucking Sonic game, which is like a bombastic high speed moment. And uh, when it's like you sprinting down the side of a skyscraper or it's you on the snowboard or like you out running the orca like that it's fabulous it it gets Mm -hmm. exactly like what like the point of this is but what makes this game so baffling is that unlike mario 64 which has no plot to speak of except you know save the princess this game is belabored with plot (laughs) (laughs) it is weighed down by its story it is over encumbered but the thing is is that as a child i thought this story was fucking cunty boots i was obsessed yeah i think there's drama there's drama there's conflama there is uh unreliable narration every time you play as a different character the cutscenes unfold a little bit differently even if it's like the same thing you've already seen Mm -hmm. uh and what the story is is this strange uh avatar neo-tribal like water thing like genocide uh the echidna i mean it's crazy it's so it's so um it's honestly pretty dark for a sonic game especially at the time like it's fucking weird. It's so weird. There's like, okay, we're gonna make a, a story about like a genocidal race of echidnas, uh, <laughs> who they basically lock an evil spirit inside of a giant emerald. The emerald is broken apart by an egg shaped doctor, and it unleashes this monster he tries to use to his control to um create a new empire on Earth. Uh, but like, there's so much focus on like the neo-tribal rape of the of the echidnas and their self-destruction. Oh, yeah. It's so weird. It's very yeah. like Final Fantasy. It, it's Final Fantasy, and I do believe that they were inspired by Zelda in the sense of a, like a grand story. Like, because mm-hmm. Sonic games to say that they had story was, you know, it's like the story of a Sonic game was the it was literally just a sentence long. Like that's all you could describe a Sonic game story before then. And, you know, you could maybe like say the environmental storytelling, whatever, whatever, don't care at the moment, but like Sonic adventure presents honestly a very grand premise. It adds like lore. It adds. Yeah. The scope is enormous. Yeah. And especially for a game that, in many cases feels very small somehow like but and to try to do a story with six different characters interweaving within itself on paper that sounds very cool but then you play it and then you play big the cat uh yeah big the froggy you have where are you froggy (laughs) Froggy, Jesus Christ! Like, where did you go? Like that, like I, Zach's joking, but that is the um, that is the that's the voice he talks in. Yeah, which but he is voiced by Duke Nukem, which is hilarious. Froggy, yeah, just imagine Duke Nukem being like doing his best retard voice, like wanting his pet frog back. Okay, for context, this is a a franchise of games that virtually has like no 
written out plot. And then this game gets so specific. And then one of its characters is a big fat purple cat who lives in the jungle and loses his special frog friend after it swallows a chaos emerald and then gets <laughs> eaten by a demonic vengeful post-genocidal water spirit that morphs it into a frog shape and then you have to fish out the froggy out of the genocidal water vengeful spirit on top of a flying egg robot airship it's so fucking weird <laughs> like Froggy. big the cat went under uh uh transgender surgery and became blaze the cat in later games just kidding uh <laughs> not you looking like big the cat a little though <laughs> no <laughs> no <laughs> no i can't this is not how my life is supposed to turn out uh it's you know it's like that shapes, and he's very shapes, tall and shapes. It's, it's shapes shapes <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is is that like you know what maybe sonic uh... is right like if i'll just start like boiling down male archetypes of shapes and i'll be like uh, froggy <laughs> make a big circle shape and be like horny <laughs> No. No. Oh, you have okay. You have this like legit serious story, and then you have a fucking mongoloid cat who can't <laughs> who can't keep track. Who plays Sega bass fishing in Twinkle Park to get his cat his get fish foggy? Then you have like this very serious story of a robot who has a bird trapped in him, and he learns to reunite with his bird friends. Okay, let's talk about E102 Gamma. <laughs> this is like, uh, like it's like Hedegaard. It's like philosophy. We're gonna yeah, get some philosopher to spend. Eggman makes all of his robots by locking a cute little animal inside of them, <laughs> like a. And E102 Gamma has a cute little birdie trapped in him, whose little name is Birdie. Birdie of is a... A, a reoccurring Sonic classic, Birdie. Yeah. <laughs> and okay, he watches all of his cunty little robot friends get like killed by Eggman when they don't serve like their purpose. And the story is like him like following his mission and then like sitting on like cliff sides and like being like dejected about what is uh, my purpose. Gee, my god, what is... this game is schizophrenic, it like, is. like, and then you have Amy Rose. <gasps> Most well, relatable plot well, line for me. For you, it's Big the Cat. You know, you know, you're you're like fishing for dick. You know, like froggy penis. But for me, it's Amy going Sonic, Sonic. Where did you go? I love you, Sonic. It's a fucking pink hedgehog with a hammer getting chased by. Okay, this is rape overtones. Like it has like poly. It's like, so overtones. it's so rape overtones. Yeah, because like her, like the structure of her levels. Sonic is, like, rape venture. She's getting chased by a big, scary green robot, and it's like actually very intimidating. Yeah, and Amy runs like molasses. Like, she has, and, ah, ah, yeah, you use her ah. hammer to get high, jump higher. Um, her, her, her uh, what's it called? Her Pico hammer. Yeah, Pico hammer. Why do we know this? <laughs> <laughs> she uses her Pico hammer, 
and she can do a cunty little jump when she runs fast enough, and then she can hit the ground with her hammer and do a little flip. (laughs) And, like, her entire story is learning, huh, maybe I can fend for myself, and then Sonic will notice me. Yeah, because her her narrative arc is that she starts, Sonic, help me, Sonic! Sonic, I and then love she twirls, and then she twirls with her hammer, Mama, and then yeah. all of a sudden she says, "If I learn how to be cunty Amazonian woman, then maybe man will love me." This is Polly a house down boots. Amy bitch. Rose, Amy Rose embraces the feminism. sexual persona. A- 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 Amy Rose embraces feminism. No, uh, she doesn't. She embra- <laughs> she does not embrace feminism because she's doing it all for a man. She's yeah. doing it for. Big and, macho Sonic, and then oh. in the sequel, she does nothing. No, at all, not even playable. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. Fuck your hammer. Uh, uh, who else? We have we have Knuckles, the Knuckles, the Knuckle Dragger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Knuckles, the fucking caveman mongoloid. Also, why is he black coated? Did you notice this? Like, yes, he's, he's characterized extremely... being a black guy. What the es- fuck? <laughs> especially in the second game, where his second entire one, yeah. his soundtrack is all rap music. It's like <laughs> okay, I'm trying to remember, okay. When you finish a campaign for one of these characters, you get a credit song about the character with like a slideshow of images, and then he's like, "I ain't Sonic because I don't <laughs> shuffle." Yeah, I. Uh yeah, it's uh what's the conversation? Uh, it's a something Sonic. I unlike Sonic, I don't chuckle. Oh, I want I, like, I want to flex my muscles. <laughs> why is what? This, why is this game insane? It's, it's and then Tails is like a like special needs child who has to learn like he's he has self worth and he can do things by himself. I was watching Boku no Pico last night because I was talking about it in the group chat. I like, rewatched it and I was like, oh, Tails is like kind of giving Pico. That's so true. No. <laughs> okay. No. Like, Tails is like, like, why is he like, char- oh my God, I'm going to get canceled. Why is He's he- like, why is he the character as like fuckable little boy like looking for daddy? And- it's so weird. And it's omnipresent. In the entire 3D the whole franchise, even in the 2D, mama, like the whole thing. Is yeah. Like... Is what does it say about me that I always enjoyed Tails and I preferred playing as Tails when I was growing up? What does it say about me, huh? Why am I relating to Amy? Yeah, I. What is wrong here? <laughs> like this game is supposed to be about the stupid hedgehog, and it's like they create this cavalcade of like monstrosities that we like find amusing and humorous. And oh. okay. Oh, you go what, ahead. What about to call? Oh, Conti knuckles. <laughs> cream. Pre- the cream before cream. She is like orange. Cream. Cream. flavored knuckles. She's ethnic. She's tribal. She's, she's giving you a little hoogaluga on the she's runway. She's serving Avatar the way of water. She is like she's literally giving Avatar, and like it's like we only encounter her based. Well, at first you think you're only encountering her in flashbacks because uh, you see her in these glimpses into the past where she's like weeping and crying over the genocide that her father is committing against other nations, and she says. No, there must be another way. 
I and have that... to solve this problem. Dot 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 dot. And then it's Quickly. never then it's never brought up again. No. Until, until you find end. out that she is also the little glowing orbs that tell you where to go. Yeah. <laughs> she... By the way, when I was playing this game as a child, when I used those glowing little orbs, I always thought I was cheating. But when I was playing this time, I needed her to tell me where to Literally, go. Literally, she is necessary to get through the 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 little navi orange ball fairy that like is in one point and in some cases will literally lead you to the direction of places yeah it is necessary because these environments are the epitome of early dreamcast game where it is repeating textures galore it is blocky janky little geometric shapes in the shape of a 3d environment uh she is needed to get through uh, an unser- say, unceremoniously will... replaced with Omo Chow. Oh, girl. When you, like, get out of a stage, you just, like, walk out to the streets, like, da na 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 da na 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 You're, like, in Station Square, but you're, like, okay, but, like... Where? What now? So... She's, like, what how, now? About th- how about this key card that's just randomly floating there? I was like, well, I wasn't going to go look for that. (laughs) (laughs) Sonic Adventure, okay, like, I like it still, even if I wanted to, like, break my DualShock 3 while playing it. Like, I still like it. I I like it, too. I would recommend it, actually, because I think, like, the, the thing that, you know... We're talking about all of this, like, bizarre, like, weird uh, Japanese narrative, you know, that's thrown onto these, you know, sex blobs, basically. But the other thing that we haven't mentioned is, like, the music and the oh. setting is so dreamy. It, I mean, dream, it, Dreamcast. 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 I'm glad you brought up the music because the music is... I mean, Sonic games have always had superb music. Mm-hmm. But this, Famously, this, Michael Jackson contributed. Yeah, which was finally confirmed to be true. Like, thank mm-hmm. God. Like, I mean, it was the greatest little, like, open secret of the industry. But um, this was the first time that composer June Sino- I can't pronounce this. It's S-E-N-O-U-E. S-E-N-O-U-E. Wait, can you just send it in the chat? Yeah, June. <laughs> I think it's June Sonoy. Um, yeah. let me see. Uh, okay. Ah, okay. So this is June Senoue. Okay, June Senoue. Did I say Ue. that right? Oe. <laughs> so this <laughs> was Hongo Krasu ima. June Senoue. So this was the first time he was given control of the soundtrack of the series. He he'd been working on the series in sort of like lesser roles, but uh-huh. this was this was his first time being lead composer. And mother, he tore. Like mama, girl, he like, tore. <laughs> it the obviously Sonic's levels. All the music in though is fantastic. Like I mm-hmm. mean. Obviously, the the jingle of like Station Square, like or the like tribal rhythms of Mystic Ruin, like, or I mean, and and just also the stage music is 
it, the stage it's, music's fabulous. It's it's burned into my memory. I know Emerald Coast. I know Windy Valley. I know Speed Highway. Speed Highway is, I think, the best song in the game. It's For me, it's in the casino level, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're playing the pinball game, and then you go into the Knights area, which we're not oh, even going to explain. Yeah, <laughs> and it's 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 the night song that comes on, and it's suddenly so dreamy. Da-na. I, I don't know, I don't have to sing it, but yeah, it's I, gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, I also love in uh Red Mountain when you go into the volcano and it becomes uh-huh. like a rap song. Like yeah, it's I've been it's like it 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 really emphasized like the gra- even though it's like even though the Dreamcast compared to like the ps2 or the xbox was lagging i mean you have to put yourself in the shoes of someone in 1999 when all they knew was n64 and ps1 and suddenly now you have dreamcast which is miles better Mm -hmm. and now like you have like the red mountain i think the song is called red hot skull uh great name by the way uh but like you after two drinks (laughs) (laughs) so true but uh, like, <laughs> I will give this game like. Point being, the soundtrack is fantastic. I I listen to the soundtrack. Like mm-hmm. I will have my moments of weakness and be like, "Wow, I'm gonna put on the Sonic Adventure soundtrack." Uh, open your heart. Mwah. Now, Mwah. Crush Forty as a <sighs> Sonic overarching character is really interesting because this is um. Oh, I already forgot his name too. It's uh, okay. I don't know his Jun name. Jun Sanoe. Jun Sanoe. And it's just him uh, and, uh, and an American, Johnny Gioli. Oh. Probably some, you know, Jersey yeah, Shore fucker. And yeah, that, looks, this is beautiful. He, he looks like a Jersey guy. Because this is the same thing that makes so much of this like sonic stuff like sexually compelling in an interesting way is it's like this tension between japanese and american culture pulling each other apart and like reaching new erotic sublimities like through that stretch and so this clash of like american 90s butt rock like <laughs> like total butt rock it's with like crazy. japanese final fantasy like lofty sublimity mm-hmm. when they reach each other um sorry Magic. open your heart work yeah work open your heart (laughs) no the the songs for sonic and i'm speaking broadly for the series like the songs that they make for sonic games with the like the lyric you know the the main themes they're amazing like good i mean we'll get it we'll we'll get there with sonic adventure 2 because that's where Mm -hmm. they think i think they hit their peak yeah. Um. But like, Sonic two thousand, Sonic the Hedgehog two thousand six, his world, you mm-hmm. know, in his world, like that that mm, perfection. Like, uh, Sonic Sonic Unleashed, endless possibilities is, I think, a beautiful song. Like, mm-hmm. um, heck, even Sonic Frontiers, the the there's like three three shadow of the colossus esque boss fights which by the way sonic frontiers is inspired by shadow of the colossus, shadow of the colossus like, yeah of all fucking things but it is a doom 2016 hard rock metal screamo inspired with like screamo lyrics and it's amazing like point being sonic music like <clears throat> you could pluck the music from these games fantastic like they're they're 
legitimately fantastic works of music that you can just listen to forever and ever and ever and never mm-hmm. get bored. But I, I think what I was I was trying to get at is like the Dreamcast finally was like that first glimpse into a believable world where graphics were just good enough, but they weren't like PS3 era where suddenly things are now real. Or even PS2. Yeah, I mean, like... Silent Hill 2 and 3 look real. Yeah, this... No, this is still a fantasy, which is why it's so beautiful. Like, because they don't have that gauze of realism that we're so accustomed to, it does feel infinitely more fantastic and enticing and... Um, even like when you're like jumping through these ugly textures and there's like uh, ludicrous backdrops and stuff mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I want to like wrap myself in this world. Like I was talking to Samantha about this in the discord, but like I'm so popular is like set in the hotel chow lobby. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, I want to get into the chat. I think it's time to talk about chow garden, but first all this, you were mentioning like the sort of sky. You know what I miss about games nowadays? Skyboxes. Like yeah. the, the, the just like these like beautiful like JPEGs that sort of stretched across the sky. Like I, I genuinely miss like skyboxes. They're like, more real. Sorry. Yeah. I mean it they're so dreamy. It feels like a painting. Uh, yeah, like when like these modern games do like sort of realistic skies, like I love like Death Stranding skies because they look gorgeously like dream, almost like kind of dream like in their sort of realism. But mm-hmm. I miss when like there was a clear definition of a box, like literally yeah. a box. And this is, but like it still felt so grandiose. Like I, I, that's what I, I, I'm, I miss the days of like a skybox in games and like Sonic Adventure and, and Sonic Adventure 2 are great examples. The third of this. place has a skybox. I, uh, yes. Oh my God. You, this is why we're so in sync with each other. <laughs> okay. Chows. Chow, chow Gardens. Fucking Chows. Chows. Chow. Like uh, we're, chow. Wait. Okay. Uh, keep, if you're about uh, to show me a, a chow item, I'm going to kill myself. Oh, well, I have the VMU. Okay, so... Work. Okay, well, I think the battery's dead, unfortunately. I mm-hmm. can't remember how to turn this on. But, okay, so... If you are, are me and Zach's age, and you play these games, you know about Chows. Which, you know, again, context. This is 1999. Tamagotchis are taking over the world. And the, and the Dreamcast controller instead of having like a PlayStation memory card, we just plug into the system and that's it. The Dreamcast memory card plugs into the controller and has a screen and you can take it out of the controller. And, and you can put your chow yeah, into and, your VM card and the, then carry your chow around and play with her. Yeah. And the chow, like, and from what I understand about this is that this is sort of a successor to nights in the dreams where they had kind of a similar mechanic mm-hmm. nights in the dreams being a sega saturn game but like this sort of game outside of the game thing where you can like train your chow to be better at its sort of rpg stats so that you can win races or you know it, it, chow's almost became more important than the game itself which is like 
fucking wild because Chow Garden is more or less a petting zoo that like they just added as sort of like a thing that I mean on the back of the of the jewel case they advertise the Chow Garden they said exclusive a live system breed and train chow characters with the vmu and then race them in sonic adventure like the chows is... are magical they yeah. are so fucking cute they yes. are so cute they're these blue little babies Blobs. and they have they have huge heads and like little knobby limbs everywhere and they make little crying baby noise and they have a little yellow dot mm-hmm. floating above their head when you get little animal characters that you win in their stages in the normal game, you can bring them back to animals and give them to them and then make your chows look hideously deformed <laughs> with disgusting animal features. And you should not do that unless you're no, playing yeah. the game seriously. You have to do that to like get them to like be like Competent. successful racing chows. But like then you can pick them up and pat them on the head and feed them, feed them fruit, cuddle that- them and. Was that the second Fruit, game? You could fruit's feed the, the second f- game, I think. Okay, yeah. But I might but, be mistaken. You can you can throw them as well. Yeah, you, yeah, you could be an asshole to them. And then you can also, like, literally dismiss them from your life and send them away in sad music plays. You say, fuck off, chow. Fuck yeah, you. It, it's such a... Tamagotchi was a... F- I mean, Tamagotchi and Pokemon came i think around the same time like late yeah. 90 1997 1998 but like the concept of like raising like and we see this throughout time too in games like nintendogs on ds mm-hmm. like the the concept that, that you are raising a digital animal and it is your digital animal i'm i almost said animal uh animal <laughs> uh like that becomes such like a very personal thing because you know like you said you can make the chow how you want it to look like mm-hmm. you can give the chow gorilla arms like it looks like a monstrosity but they they embrace what should be a more or less throwaway thing a, a total throwaway mechanic that shouldn't you know many game devs would probably be like yeah this is just like a time waster but no Sonic Adventure. It's a fully developed, complicated system, and you really do develop attachments to your chows. Now, I will say that with Sonic Adventure, I never got into Chow Gardens. It It was Sonic Adventure 2 for me, because it's it's much more complex, but nonetheless... Oh my god, they're so fucking cute. I actually had a chow plushie when I was growing up. Yeah, you told me that. It's... I wish I had a chow plushie. I want it, one now. I want one now too. Like, it's, I want to get a Chow plushie that's picked up by Sam as Big the Cat. <laughs> we can do this, uh, uh, but like, it's such a because like it's novel and ingenuitive because yeah. there was no reason for this. There was no presence of chows or anything like this before. It was like, just like something that's like, Oh, well, like we it's a back of the box. It's a back of the box feature. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, but what I love about the chow garden and I speak for this about Sonic adventure one and two is that it kind of like encapsulates that sort of like magic that games Pre, wow. P- pre 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 PS4 era where mm. like the games are actually kind of alive like where now it's not so much about the strict 
level by level story moments, it's suddenly now the game is seeping into your real life. And like, yeah. you know, I mentioned like on, I think I've mentioned it last episode with like PlayStation home being like a Sims clone of PlayStation. Like suddenly now you're living a digital life, but it felt genuine compared to like the modern attempts of that. But like, it was like one of the, at least for me, the first time I got exposed to sort of the digital becoming the real in a very, and it was very almost like devious in a way by making it, of course, cute little plushy characters that you like, of course, would want to buy your, buy one for yourself. I gotta like, do one right now. I need a Lock. fucking child plush right now. I might do that <laughs> after the show. Uh, but like, it is such again like because the like i because I, I have a i have a copy of sega or not sonic adventure for my dreamcast mm-hmm. and it said and it says on here features six playable characters jaw-dropping 3d graphics debatable uh <laughs> nearly 50 mi- massive levels also debatable uh exclusive a live system which child garden like right. that, what that was a selling thing because I I love this sort of ingenuity outside of a you know why would a Sonic game have a Tamagotchi game inside of it that you could and take... it's just because they could and because there was still this novel sense of gaming where it was not a medium raked through of all of its merits and now it's like game by committee do everything for what will please you it was like. We're going to bury forth into a new frontier and just see what happens. And it produces this bizarre, plushy baby cuddling feature in a game where otherwise you're just like running around. Yeah. And uh, I think the fact that the game came out in 1999 is especially important to it because it very much represents like the potential of the new millennium sort of thing mm-hmm. like yeah if- and there's like this wholesome element about the whole thing too it feels like there's like an optimistic belief in like in what's to come like in yeah. the form of the chow yeah and yeah it's, it, the chow is sort of that sort of beautiful optimistic view and you know the dreamcast i think itself is a reflection you know the the system that this game and two were made for mm-hmm. you know the sort of optimistic view of like, wow, look at all this technology coming together in new, exciting ways. I mean, I was posting this, you know, pre-Christmas, but like Sonic Adventure had like online DLC that you could have Christmas the Christmas DLC. Yeah, yeah like you could have Christmas trees put on Station Square and they have like exclusive Christmas theme dialogue. Like they even had one for the Dreamcast release like the launch day and they had like dreamcast banners like you know because like uh i would say the dreamcast was like the first console that really had online i mean heck look i just popped off the modem right there like not the modem yeah not the modem not the 56k modem darling (laughs) i hate that i know this information uh but like even like i have my ps2 here too it's like you know, the Dreamcast 1999, the PS2 was 2000, Xbox and GameCube were 2001. Like this, uh-huh. that, that, the, which is called the sixth gen of consoles, they represent a very optimistic view of the future. 
and they all had their own interpretation of the future. The yeah. Dreamcast, the Dreamcast felt like space age technology. Well, the, the end PS- of the game reflects this too, don't you think? Because it's yeah, like oh, you yeah. just chaos supersedes Eggman after the whole plot or whatever, and uh, goes on to destroy and flood the whole city, and you kill chaos, but actually you liberate him and set him free with the chows in a sequence that's set to this super sonic um going really fast and being <laughs> yellow over the water uh and the song plays all of your little friends are cheering for you and instead of just you know you know killing the bad guy it's like oh we're like liberating him yeah. and the chows for a, a peaceful future it's it's an extremely I mean, the game has this extremely dark undertones through almost <laughs> all of it, but like it ends on an extremely positive. I mean, and I would I would argue that Sonic Adventure Two doesn't have like it almost yeah. is like they they experienced the two like the literally the year two thousand, mm-hmm. and which is funny because Sonic Adventure Two came before nine eleven. Um, yeah, this uh, like feels like very pre nine eleven and like the way that like this believes in like a, a global peace and like um around the same time as this, actually about like maybe a year or two later. Sorry, this is such a tangent, <laughs> but Amuro Namie, produced yeah. by Komuro Tetsuya, released as uh a, a bunch of songs that they released for the Okinawa like world summit about like um the entire world like coming together for peace and it's like that the japanese dream of unification and uh like a beautiful hand-holding chow garden yeah, of it, society just shines through this whole thing it's it's 90s it's 90s global would a globe 90s global homo be appropriate for this like sort of term but like global 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 I, homo to me has always sounded like great news yeah, for me. So sure, but like you know, it's <laughs> you know how like there's the 2010s version of globalization sort of yeah. thing, but like the 90s feels so much more innocent and pure, where it's like we understand the differences between cultures, but somehow we can come together. It's like Sonic living in the sort of Station Square, New York City, America life can work together with the echidna apocalypto tribe and overcome great by the way you know, people forget like station square gets leveled to fuck oh, the whole it's fucked up it's this, <laughs> and this, up. yeah and this is like before 9-11 imagery was like a no-no in media like where cities could get destroyed like like station square is destroyed mm-hmm. like to the ground flooded like day after tomorrow imagery it's but intense, like, actually. It's like, oh, yeah, and you know, Sonic oh Adventure, <laughs> Sonic Adventure Two also has this, but on a different yeah. scale. But like, Sonic Adventure One has this very innocent and pure '90s vision of that. Even like the simple, like you know, Ooga Booga tribe can come together with the modern day, and it's, I, it's very sweet. Like through the sort of darkness that, like, I mean, because like chaos gets corrupted by anger and anger eggman's uh, nefarious uh corruption yeah 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 but and but like through the power god it sounds like a persona game through, through the power, the power, power of, of friendship, friendship and love like it's so like in many ways that's like what we need today is like that sonic adventure pure heart like view of the future because mm-hmm. I think you and I agreed. 
it's a dire strait in today's world where everyone, you know, where can we come together? John Lennon, imagine. <laughs> no, it's all just COVID plastic walls at your table and crap and arguing over like ridiculous sex of religion. S-E-S-T-S, not S-E-X, you know. <laughs> That's honestly my total philosophy is like uh, currently we're stuck in S-E-C-T-S when we need more S-E-X. And uh, so true. Somehow Sonic speaks to that. Yeah, um, it's it's so by nature of Sonic being so one dimensional is that like it the the message works so well it does it, it's so this is exactly like okay this is why children's media like makes sense <laughs> like yeah. you know it's like this is like a game for kids and it's like okay oops i accidentally exposed my child to like uh absorbent like sexual morris that like they may never recover from but also like now they have a fundamental belief in the human spirit yeah like and it's you know what, what what makes Sonic the, the adventure duology so special? I mean, you know, we'll get to two trust and believe, but like, uh-huh. like you look at like when the Dreamcast ended, and suddenly Sonic Heroes comes out, and there's there's a mood shift, there's a vibe yeah. shift, and suddenly it doesn't have that like the lust for frontierism and New Horizons. Yeah, no like, more skyboxes. Yeah, like Sonic heroes feels very i don't know plastic like fake yeah and even like though these stages that everyone's running around on like are obviously like so abstracted and there's like loops that would never exist and everything it it feels like an extension of our world whereas like those feel like completely alien yeah no i mean I can believe that Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 levels exist in some sort of sort of par- yeah, sort of parallel yeah. world with Sonic Sonic Heroes feels like cartoon world. It feels and, like a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. I mean Sonic Hero I mean Sonic Heroes is really evil because it lures you in with a great time with the first level and it's like, oh yeah, everything's gonna be great. And then you play the Metropolis level and it takes 10 minutes to beat and it's like it's like okay. a casino level. Oh my god. That, that is that. oh my god, I have tr- that, that that casino PTSD. level is so disgusting. I hate thinking about it. That's like the most like stinky well, repulsive Sonic content that exists in the world. Even worse than Sonic 06. It's worse than even Shadow the Hedgehog. And no yeah, because like, at least Shadow the Hedgehog is just like one focused product of crap. But like Sonic Heroes has like the veneer of wholesomeness and so it reeks especially of nasty. Yeah, it, 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 it tries to present the veneer of adventure like the adventure duology but it's it's so just like trying to make you believe it's lies Uh, it's just chain link floors that you're running on i i wish i didn't hate heroes because heroes is an example of and i'm not exaggerating when i say this heroes had one person working on the game at one point for like a month and he was (laughs) making and he was and he was making the levels by himself he was uh-huh. he almost he almost put himself in the hospital. Like you know how like in the end of Heroes where it's just that literally just rails like the Yeah. That's because it was just one person. Just he was just like link. Yeah, he just had to get the game done, like those parts of the game done. But but it would, I don't want to get too sidetracked into Heroes. Heroes maybe I'll talk about and say why it's an abysmal flop. But 
yeah, like Sonic Adventure, I guess to wrap up Sonic Adventure 1, I think it is a beautiful, albeit messy, attempt and sort of like glimpse into the future. Mm -hmm. Like, and, you know, I'm, I'm reaching over for the, my little Dreamcast again. I mean, like it it embodies the message of this little square, this little it white does. It feels like a mission into crafting a beautiful future together and uh, the next world that it imagines with its plasticky textures and its uh, a bizarre little realized universe and its overly complex narrative. It feels very, like, sweet and, um, yeah, like, promising. Yeah. So, I love it. Thank you, yeah. Sonic Adventure. Yeah, thank you, Sonic Adventure. Thank you. It's... Everyone wants to say it's bad and everyone... And... Trust me, if you were on YouTube for the last 10 years, you know who I am talking about who oh, say yeah. Sonic Sonic was always bad. No, Sonic was never always bad. I want to get that fucking discussion fuck out of here. I hate that discussion that's Sonic was always bad. Like, no, you're retarded. Yeah. Like if you don't feel like some level of bliss like running down that side of the skyscraper, then I don't you're just yeah, you're, you're... your serotonin receptors are off. Yeah, exactly. But I think that is a great way to segue into the last, the 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 second game of tonight, which is Sonic Adventure Two. Definitely needed to get more alcohol because I want to be like blacked out by the by the end of this. <laughs> I think Sonic calls for blackout, rambling, screaming. I knew it would. I also got some meat sausages. Ooh, where's a little sausage? <laughs> Where is this from? Family Mart, Seven <laughs> Eleven. Family Mart. I miss Family Mart. I miss Japan. When are you coming again? I I want to come. 
hopefully sooner rather than later. I'll give you an answer hopefully soon. I'll be waiting. Tokyo beckons. That man who had the one night with me, he will Shinji. Accept... Yeah, he will follow me back. Oh. Shinji Ikari. That's a fucking he's that's a what a made up name. Sorry, okay. I'll I'll send you I'll I should send you his account. Maybe you can get him to follow you back. Yeah. <laughs> I'll follow him on Langley Chichi first and then we'll just see what happens from there. They're like, wow, you're gay too. Wow, you're gay too, gay drag queen, and they're like, <gasps> you're gay too. <laughs> this is how we break in. This is how we get this man to remember me. Exactly. My my one night in Japan, watching one Jurassic World. Jurassic World. I remember watching that with one of my frat bros, and he was wearing. Shoes without socks and his feet stank. <laughs> wow, what a connection to Sonic! I oh, <laughs> not the <laughs> shoes stink, girl. Oh Mother. my god! Mother, okay, are you ready for this? Oh, this is, I feel like this is the one that has a lot to say. Meat sausage, yeah. So, Sonic Adventure 2 came out June 19th 2001 uh in many ways it's like the final hurrah of the dreamcast i mean mm-hmm. it the dreamcast i believe ended in early 2002 like sega just stopped that's when they said no more and so sonic adventure 2 kind of feels like the last final moments of sega as the sort of nostalgic memories we hold of them. And so Sonic Adventure 2, it changes the formula. I mean, it cha- it's, I would say it streamlines Sonic Adventure mm-hmm. 1. So instead of six campaigns, you have two. But with the two campaigns, you have three different styles. You have speed, mech, and treasure hunting. And you have the hero side and the dark side. And so on the hero side, you have Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, you know, of course, you know, the classics can't go wrong with them. And then on the dark side, you have newcomers, Shadow and Rouge, and then you can play as Eggman. Uh, And I mean, I remember playing this again, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle on the GameCube. And I remember, I feel like I I enjoyed this much more. Like overall, I did too. Yeah. like even as a kid, like this was way more fun. I wanted to play this more than Adventure One. I think it's a combination of the streamlining and everything. It takes the sort of grandiose story of One, and I think it puts it in a different theme. And I think it also is a, a mix. I don't know. Like it, it just feels better. It, like they learned their lessons from the first game and they made a much better product as a result. So I, what is your experience with Sonic Adventure 2, Zach? Um, this was another one I played on my Dreamcast. Um, and uh, it was also burned to me onto a disc. And I have the exact same recollections that I always vastly preferred Sonic Adventure 2 because um, 
the drama of the narrative is really overstated and wild, but it's also more muted and it's a little bit more confined and uh, it feels a little bit more, I don't want to say realistic because that's never the word you would ever use in a Sonic game ever, but it feels like a little bit more like humanly accessible. So Mm -hmm. uh, I guess like, I was very like caught like the the main like gimmick of the game is that we're introduced to this dark uh, alternative to Sonic edgy shadow edgy Edgy Sonic Sonic. and he was instantly very fascinating to me. I remember me and all of my friends who would play this together like we all loved her like dark Sonic just the idea of like lightly like conflicted emo evanescent sonic was so compelling to me oh yeah and i will say it is a crime that he only has four stages that's crazy he has the least he has the least stages in the game which is it's so okay like you know obviously sonic gets the most stages obviously like duh like main character gets the most okay like, but there's like a lot of tails stages as well oh yeah tails is padding tails is tails and Eggman get a lot of padding and it's i don't mind it because it's just the gamma sections but like more just like you know keep up the pace go 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 like you know mm-hmm. sort of thing it's it's less sort it they they took the three game modes from the first game, which were the most fleshed out. The Sonic mm-hmm. stages, the Knuckle stages, and the Gamma stages. And they fleshed them out to be longer and more... I wouldn't say in-depth, but more... more... like... present in action. Like... like uh, So Sonic and Shadow are the sort of like traditional 3D, you know, they streamlined the seg- the Sonic levels from the first game, and they're much more action. They're much more set piece. And they're much more dr- action and drama. Tails and Eggman are the mech stages from you know Gamma from the first game, and they're much more like slowed down. You know, with the obnoxious, like you know, it's. If I were to say there's a low point, it's those two. And the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, Tails gets so much focus is a little obnoxious, but like, whatever. And then they take the Knuckles treasure hunting and put it for Knuckles and Rouge, which mm-hmm. I I like. I like the treasure hunting. People hate the treasure hunting. but Okay, I-, I was irritated playing it this most recent time, but I realized on a basic level that I was into it because what it is, it's like these big Sonic-themed rooms. And when you're not, like, trying to finish something for a deadline, which is what I was doing, <laughs> they're, like, fun to, like, luxuriate in. And it's, like, they're, there's so much, like, they're, cute little detail, and they're they're very lovely, actually. The, if, I, if I were to pull up the gamer critic lens, there is one treasure hunting level that I despise. It is Rouge's final one, Crazy Gadget. I think it's I name. love crazy gadget. Oh, I I can't stand the gravity in that. It is I mean, it's so annoying, but the thing is is like I just like like being there. Oh, yeah, and I I do credit to June Senoe. Uh he's back again for the soundtrack and he does a little thing called leet motifs. So each character has their own style 
of music. So Sonic's like the tr- like classic butt rock, late nineties, early two thousands butt rock, crazy taxi, rock mm-hmm. and roll, great music, fantastic. We I think I will come back to that in a second. Uh, Tales, I don't remember. Um, Eggman, kind of. Like, I don't remember. Yeah, but Knuckles, rap, rap, and and Rouge. Jazz, jazz, and, and sexy and, jazz, and Shadow gets electronic. Yeah, he gets uh, like electronic, moody, like Depeche Mode music. Oh, might I say, Shadow, Shadow, and Rouge have the best music in this game, hands down. I think. Oh, and it's so good. I was literally gonna bring that up too. It's like so enticing. Oh yeah, I, <laughs> I, I love that they they give proper names for these uh these songs in the game to i mean the iconic city escape i mean oh we, yeah. yeah rolling Run around at, at the speed, speed of sound, sound. got places <laughs> no, to go, to go. Gotta, gotta follow, follow my, my rainbow, rainbow. <laughs> can't keep it on oh my god okay Point being, City Escape <laughs> is like burned into my memory. I will never forget those lyrics. It is mm-hmm. what a if you pick the hero story first, which I think most people did. I, I of did. Of course. Like, I did. What what a way to introduce your game as you're running around with this immaculate glittering rock song in San Francisco. I mean it's San it's San Francisco. In San Francisco. Cuz the um production team for Sonic actually they were based in yeah. San Francisco. They're Japanese. Yeah. It was a team of about 20 Japanese people and they dumped them all in San Francisco and there's these great images of of them all like um grinning eye to eye. Neat oh, yeah. them. It, it's so cute seeing them. It's like Sonic team, like the 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 famous Sonic team. They were just and that's another thing. It's like Japanese a Japanese studio, Sega trying to get a better understanding of America. So they make Sonic Team and Sonic Team is in America. You know, like and you if I I would say of all the Sonic games I've ever played, this feels the closest to being a true like American aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Like and whether if I mean I think the sort of being based in San Francisco helps. I mean they're literally using like pictures of San Francisco for the backdrop. I mean it's just yeah. But uh, I love the names for some of these songs. I mean specifically Shadow has like some of the <laughs> vengeance <laughs> is mine for radical highway rhythm and balance for white jungle, which I think is the best song of the game. Other than Mister supporting Uns- me, yes yeah, supporting me. Or the funniest song name ever, Mr. Unsmiley for Skyrail. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, or the Supernatural for Final Final Chase. Like mm-hmm. uh or uh Rouge Rouge's classic song, I'm a spy. <laughs> um, it sounds like it, a Luchada Hikoto song. I mean I mean that's the one where she's like trying to find the Chaos Emeralds in five minutes. That's mm-hmm. the song uh, which I adore that i mean it the music is on another i mean sonic adventure one has fantastic music this is on another level like oh no this is a whole album i mean subtract eggman and tails because they are forgettable but like sonic shadow knuckles and rouge uh, i i i cannot i it is the epitome. I I will have a moment of weakness and listen to these songs on loop over and over and over and over again. I mean, live and learn. 
<laughs> Live and learn. Live and learn. learn. Hanging on the edge, on the of, edge tomorrow. of tomorrow. I was like, wonder if I was remembering that lyric right. Yeah, it's literally hanging on the edge of tomorrow. Okay, so the great Grecian narrative on stage here is um, Sonic literally facing his like his shadow self. Um, okay, at the very beginning, he's like imprisoned. Yeah. That... Why? Yeah, because okay, Sonic Adventure One had a plot connected by like silly string this is like silly string that has been like left to like bake in the sun and is like brittle and there are some just baffling moments that like only a sonic game could get away with so like sonic gets imprisoned because they think he's a bad guy because shadow is like stealing a chaos emerald but then shadow's also like clearly not sonic but he's also like Employed by Gun in this game, isn't he? Not in this one. Okay, we know it's in the next one. Anyway, okay. That's why I was thinking about. It. Yeah, everyone just like thinks that Sonic is Shadow, including Amy. Yeah. It, oh my god. Don't even oh like like okay. Sonic blue, Shadow Black. Black. Like, how do you get the two confused? Like, I don't know, unless they're like people people are colorblind to hedgehogs i guess uh but like it has a i think it's more or less an excuse for them to get like a really cool opening stage in city escape like i think that's more or less what they wanted to do is like how do we make somewhat of a compelling intro oh sonic's imprisoned oh okay that works okay live yes and then for like like an hour of the game it's like when shadow and sonic like come across each other just like you're the fake hedgehog Uh, no you're the fake hedgehog faker i'm not a faker it's oh you go you go the audio is mixed oh horribly you cannot hear what they're saying ever the the music is so loud i mean granted the music's fantastic but is mixed to the point where you the game has subtitles on by default. Like that is they it's like they forgot how to mix the audio and they just like, okay, how do we fix this? Okay, put subtitles on. And why even could that... they just not have boosted the fucking vocal file? It's so crazy. And, but I I actually like the effect of it. Like it's so extreme hypnotic and strange and aggressive. Like Which fits when... which fits the mood of the game. Like it does. It, it's so, yeah, it, it's so many moments of like these key pivotal dialogue moments are just literally blasted out by the soundtrack. You cannot hear them. Yeah, it, it, even with the subtitles, you can't understand. And also the lips, the models, the character models. Because have, they have... just took the Japanese one, which was like tuned to the Japanese mouse, and they didn't do anything to fix it. And so characters are talking over each other. Yeah, their mouths are just moving all the time. There's not one naturalistic moment of audio in this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and this was also the period in time when games were just they didn't think about reanimating the characters' mouths to the language they're doing. I mean, no, how could you ever think of that? Yeah, I mean, just get it close enough. Like that's just how it works. But like, I, I just like uh. Like My the, favorite the... line is when Sonic and Shadow are confronting each other in White Forest. Oh, yeah. 
Sonic and Shadow are arguing, and then Shadow says, "You're not a," and then Sonic interrupts and says, "I'll make you eat those words." Before he even... <laughs> it just cuts. It just cuts to a like <laughs> pathetic boss fight. Oh, that's another thing about Sonic Adventure One: the boss fights are laughable. Okay, except okay, the, some of okay, the Eggman one, Egg Viper, is actually hard, and I died ten times playing it. Yeah, that that's a good one. The chaos fights are good, but like except for the one in the pond, that's the yeah, worst. That's of, the worst one. Awful. But, but Sonic Adventure 2, unlike Sonic Adventure 1, when you fight the other characters, you just like hit them three times without doing anything. They don't even attack you. Easy peasy. Yeah. This game is a little better. Yeah, it has some depth. It has a Sh- little Shadow bounced off of me a few times. Yeah, okay. He fought, like... he fought back. Yeah. Like it <laughs> it's baby baby took its first step to being a little bit more competent. Good for them. Yeah, good, good, good. Clap good job, baby. Like it's it, like we 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 can like kind of point and laugh at the funny video game because it's like modern you know games learn you know how to mix audio, uh, games learn mm. how to make better boss fight you know like what seems like simple things, but like but in, this is a new frontier really. This in Sonic World, this is a major step forward. Oh yeah, like it, and I I love this sort of like drama that there's a hero side and a dark side and like the fact that you get to be the villains for the first time in a sonic game oh that is that was like oh I, I i and there's like the it it can it continues the sonic adventure one of like interweaving stories so it's like mm-hmm. oh i get to see what the dark side was doing while i was <laughs> doing a certain thing it's so cool it, it is it wrong to say that it has like again baby's first soap opera like elements to it? Oh, it's very soap operatic because all of the characters, their emotional beats, and by all of them, I mean Shadow is the only character who's like given like motivation and yeah, yeah. character development arc or whatever. Because we ultimately discover that the way um the way he is is because he was a genetic experiment to be born as the ultimate life, life form. form. And he became best friends with Maria Robotnik. Oh my god! Um, oh god, I don't remember this family tree. But her father is Gerald I, Robotnik, yeah, who's Gerald, whose grandson is Ivan, Ivan. Robotnik. Okay, Do we, AKA Gerald, Eggman. Got it. So Eggman, right? So he basically was this like science experiment to be the ultimate life form, and he attached himself to Maria Robotnik, and then the space station experiment was seized by uh gun this <laughs> gun furious in like Military. organization yeah and uh she gets killed right in front of his very eyes and that's the reason why he's so yeah, emo and he, and he has like sort of amnesia like he kind of can't remember exactly what well, his... in okay in sonic heroes and in shadow the hedgehog he forgets again both yeah times. He, yeah it's he could adventure two works for him i think in a self-contained environment like once they once he became free of the adventure two he became a problem almost because absolutely and, and mostly because he became popular like everyone loved shadow like it, it's i love shadow because he had a cool design he had an edgy voice 
and he had the best stages, arguably. He doesn't run like Sonic. Yeah, he what sl- he does he is skates. he skates out of his hover boots. Out of his little hover shoes. Oh my yeah. god. Oh my god, the soap shoes. The soap shoe promotion in this game. Sonic mm-hmm. has soap shoes that can grind on rails, which is a major mechanic of this game. And it's very annoying. <laughs> Yeah, because this is the recurring thing in Sonic games. Sonic grinding rails does not work in Sonic games. <laughs> it looks cool. It looks cool. It feels horrible. And if you miss it by even a millimeter, it's over. And don't you love how the final Sonic and Shadow stages are primarily it's just grinding? Yeah. It's so, it's so funny. (laughs) I was replaying those stages. I was like, oh my God, what am I doing this for? But it's like, (laughs) but okay, like we can sit here and say that the, like objectively the rail grinding is broken. But, but like, it, it looks and feels good. Yeah, and like, it, like when, when it I works. feel like I was so much better at this game when I was like a child. Like when Same, I was playing this yes, like, exactly. on Dreamcast, I was like, oh, it's easy. That's no problem. I like never died. This time when I was playing Sonic's version of like White Forest or whatever, there green was like, Forest. one uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, when you had green. to like jump over a fucking like thing onto one of those jump pads, I missed not one. Not twice, not three, not four, five, six. I died seven times. I could not get it. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah, it's... What is it? Like, is it a case of, like, when we were kids, we could put up with bad mechanics? Or, like, we just lost our abilities to, like, be good sort of thing? I mean, I'm great at Shin Megami Tensei. Like, I slay her when I can, like, the game is stopped. And I get to think about what I'm doing. But now it's like, you have 0.004 seconds to jump down onto this rail. And I, like, miss it by a little bit. I'm like, oh, I'm going to kill someone. I I feel like, were you into racing games at all as a kid? No. Okay. Okay. Then my theory goes out the wall. Because when I was a kid, I loved racing games. So I always thought, like, the sort of, like, real-time act like making decisions on the fly sort of thing translated to sonic well uh i think that I makes guess... sense but i i think i was just like so obsessed with sonic i probably played sonic adventure 2 like 20 times oh way more than that because i had a group of friends in oregon and we didn't have a lot to do so what we would do is we would spend the very very hot summer afternoons playing inside and then at like 6 p.m when the sun started going down we'd go outside and then we would role play as sonic characters on the trampoline oh oh my god okay i i wish i had that as a kid all i had was one friend who would like tell me about gamefacts.com about how to like find the certain item that's another thing you have like equipable fashion that makes certain you know lets you do things in the game and it also makes your character look horrible. Sonic has the sunglasses yeah, and has, the shoes. Yeah, sunglasses, the shoes, and doesn't he get the wristband? Oh, okay, sorry. The shoes are in adventure. The rings are in adventure yeah. too. And this applies to Knuckles and Knuckle. I don't think Rouge and Shadow get it, but like Knuckles gets the sunglasses too. Like he gets the breathe the breathing collar to go on be underwater forever like this game is like it is so 2001 like because 
the sunglasses they give him is of that era. I mean, I you know, it's a fierce diva work slave fashion down the barn my boots from. I don't know. I'm losing my mind here. Um, but like it's so charming that like they thought, oh yeah, we're gonna add this little thing to the character model because it looks cool, right? In this, of course, no, from, it looks horrible. I hate all of it. It's coming from a Japanese developer is just like Americans like fashion, right? You no, know, all these people like dress like like Tetsuya like Komura, like the Haratomomi producer who like wears like this kind of stuff in the nineties. It looks awful on these fucking. Furries. Yeah, these blobs. Ugh, these blobs. I will say that even though Rouge is introduced into this one and she has her big tits and it's like, every gem in the world will belong to me. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's like, beside her, like, this is much less corny than Adventure somehow. Yeah, it definitely treats itself more s- seriously. It's more, quote, seriously, unquote. Like, yeah. Rouge is camp like she's uh, granted she is one dimensional she's a a lady who likes her jewelry like she's jessica rabbit <laughs> as a spy and also a bat yeah i mean that's her character but you know work like work. like i love the fact that there was a character artist on this team who said i want to make an anthropomorphic bat with boob physics and she's got a nipped-in waist, and she loves collecting her jewelry, and that's it. Every like, jewel, every gem in the world belongs to me. Yeah, that, Knuckles. That, yeah, that master emerald was mine. Oh god! And then there's just like her flying around the little spy base, going <sighs> ah. Not you mentioning that sound. The sound <laughs> of them flying is. So burned into my brain yeah because you do it for like 90 percent of their levels <sighs> yeah it's that like oh my god semi like flying through the air sound effect but it sounds like someone's just like doing that into the mic it's it's burning my brain just like how like the sonic grind the grinding sound effect is burning my brain <gasps> the laser oh. in the mech stage is burning oh. my brain I like it, I could the menu select noises are burned into my really? brain. Yeah, like I literally, if I heard any of those sounds, like in the public, I'd go. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I would like start looking around, but <gasps> jump it's... scare. <laughs> <laughs> it's so I don't know. Like Sonic Adventure Two has its own sort of baffling decisions just akin to the first game, but in a different way. But I eat this up. I eat it up. I eat it up. You know what? Every single time I played any of the song, like the speed stages, I was like, oh, boots. Okay, I'm getting it. Like, in Green Forest, are you sure it's called that, not White Forest? Sonic is Green Forest. Shadow is is White Forest. Shadow is White Jungle. White Jungle. Not a hold on. Okay, so whenever (laughs) I was playing those two, and like, you are like doing those loops and like you're oh, jumping up of things and like it's the final amazing. I'm like, oh, it's so exciting. It still feels delicious when you're going down the big jungle pipes yeah. and you know you're keeping yourself in there, catching those rings. It's like it's so retarded, but like it feels great. Yeah, and cause, I mean, I think the game feels faster. Like, I mean, oh, I it think, does. Like, 
I, I mean, to go through the speed stages, like City Escape, iconic. Metal Har- Metal Harbor, Slay, Slay, uh, Green Forest, Double Slay. Wow, what a Slay! <laughs> uh, what else is there? Uh, then he goes to space. Pyramid, right? He doesn't Pyramid Cave. Oh, that one. That one's kind yeah. of messy. Boots. I don't care for that one. I forgot uh, about her. Uh, then space. Yeah, then that space. It's crazy gadget. And then Which, final space. Yeah, fi- final rush. I, I only say this because I'm looking at the stages right now. Okay, I was like, final space, crazy space, jungle, <laughs> yeah, I, jungle. But like, okay, then in Shadow case, Shadow's case, it's Radical Highway, Boots. Oh, down. the best stage in the game. Yeah, then maybe. White Jungle, uh, uh, Sky Rail. Yeah. Mm, that's a, his Pumpkin Hill one. Yeah, it's the daytime Pumpkin Hill. <laughs> And then we, then his, fu- his no, final. No, you better fucking stop. Oh, we'll we'll get to Pumpkin Hill in a second. <laughs> in a second. In a second. But then Shadow's final stage is Final Chase, which I will say that one's brutal. That is it's a so hard. I di- I got three game overs and I felt like such a bitch. Yeah, and and you know it boots. It was like the- six a.m. I was like. Like on crack at that point, I was just like, I'm like <laughs> "Oh, so... I died again." <laughs> okay, I think it's fair to bring up Pumpkin Hill. Pumpkin Hill is iconic. Pumpkin fucking hell! <laughs> it's so. It almost. It, I mean, it literally does not fit in this game. Like in terms of aesthetics, it is a Halloween spooky, ooky, kooky level with train. Um, Witched Tower, uh, with a rap song playing. Do do yeah, I'm a friend. Do knuckles. Do 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 do. I got. I. This is the. I. Why is Pumpkin Hill? No, no. Why is this like so big into my human chemistry? Like this, like this stuff still comes up to me. Like even before I like kind of like started like looking back again like sometimes i would just like be in my day-to-day life and i would hear the pumpkin hill theme songs are accosting me i'm the fine for you knuckles you don't no why why does black coated knuckles with the rap songs why though like like literally like like why is he like what is going on it's like all right here's a red red pill ethical like not ethical ethnic echidna and like okay yo i'm knuckles (laughs) i like to flex my muscle i'm like what what Uh, this again Japanese, Japanese people in church. Yes, it's, it's not not doing the same hand motion at the same time. Like we're literally both shaking our like open palms, being like, Japanese. <laughs> Why is this game like this? Pumpkin Hill, black people, knuckles echidna, treasure hunting, cute little black people, race on rivals. Oh my god. Don't oh. open that can of worms. Silver the Hedgehog? I played both of them. I PSP. played the I played the first one. No, I played both. Well, you I I played Sonic Fighters. 
I played that on one of the collections. I did. And then, you know what I did last night? I had to put $15 into my PSN wallet. And then I bought it again. <laughs> I bought it. Because I had to buy Sonic Adventure 2 on my PS3, which is a very laborious process, by the way. Yes. You cannot, card. Put, you cannot put money into your PS3 anymore. You want to do it on your phone or on your PS4. And then... You have to delete your card after you pay for it so that you can fucking use your wallet yeah. funds on the PS3. In yeah, in America you have to buy a gift card. You can't do the credit you can't do a credit card or whatever. You have to get a gift card to get money to put in your wallet to buy the game on PS3 now because uh maintaining a network uh, maintaining easy accessible access to a lot of these PS3 games is too much and you have to buy the damn gift card. I'm telling you, everyone, right now, buy Sonic Adventure 2 on PSN on your PS3 right now. now. Right now. Right now. Because they're going to fucking throw that shit away any yeah, second now. Yeah, because P- the Sonic Adventure 2 and Dreamcast is $90. It's Even in Japan, it's expensive. Because they had yeah. one copy here, and it was Gosan. It was 5,000 yen. So yeah, that, yeah, I mean, that's cheaper. But still, like that's a lot of money for Japanese sake right i mean yeah because you know how much sonic adventure cost when i went to the game it was hot back one eight bucks here here this one cost me forty dollars no 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 or i'm i'm being and this is a k i don't know if you can see it but like this has a crack, crack. in the screen yeah it forty dollars and also little lore for me this game this the the disc scratched i had to get it I had to get it buffered to play it. Like, I hate e. I hate second market out of print game buying. Ser- it's why is Sonic Adventure two ninety dollars for a drink? Who's playing it? Okay, like where? Do, like, what the fuck? Stop doing because, like, literally, Japanese people respect their medium. They they respect their physical products. They keep good shape of them. They sell them back to the store. Then you buy them again. You take good care of them, and then you sell them back when you're done with them. Everything is cheap. America, no, no. We literally spit and scratch and spit and oh, wait, molest no. our items. Wait, hold on, hold on a second. I have. So, have you have you ever heard of the PS ones or the PlayStation series called Wipeout? Yeah. Um, not the American Family Show where they used to jump yeah. on the big balls. The the rate the space racer ship thing. Right. Would you like to look at my copy? Do you see a missing part of the jewel case right here? Oh my god! And let me guess, ten billion dollars, thirty dollars. Like, are you shitting no. me? Like, okay, like, I've made my tangent on this. Like, I hate, I hate the market of American resale out of print media. Like, I want the bubble to burst. I can't stand the fact that I see Xeno Gears going for a hundred fifty dollars for a. I got it on my PS3 for. Ten dollars. Why? Silent, okay. Silent Hill One is two hundred dollars. Yeah, everyone get a PS3. It's literally cheaper. And then like get the games and like get this taken care of now because we're running out of time. They're gonna shut this shit down at any second. Yeah. It, okay. A little and just to add on to this, they added recently uh, on PlayStation Network. You know, like you have to pay to play online. Okay, whatever. Mm. They added a two new tiers that you can uh you can like download some of their older catalog games. 
or you can just simply right. buy buy them. Like they had um, Ape Escape. I love that game to death. The version of it on my PS5, the analog stick. If you push it all the way to the right, there is a point where it stops regist- registering your input. Oh my god! Like in PS3, never existed. That problem did not exist, but now it exists. Like. You pay $10 for a broken thing while the PS3 version that I can get for same price doesn't have that problem. You know, like preservation of media in this in games is vital because this medium is so disposable. Like hell, I mean, I've made this clear on my TPN about Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. Japanese devs used to just toss away their they final game. Throw their fucking files away. Yeah, that's Insane. why that's why Silent Hill 2 and 3 their HD remasters are like not finished in many ways. I also okay, I know this has nothing to do with Sonic, but I'm on a gaming podcast, I have to say this. I'm going to kill myself if people do not start getting Silent Hill 3. We got to get over it. Yeah. Silent Hill 3 is it. Okay, we have to get over it and it's <laughs> it is the perfect Silent Hill game. It is the most correct to their vision. It is the culmination of everything. It is the most frightening. It is the most disgusting. Heather that is the most cut and the game is everything. Silent Hill 2 is wonderful, but I hate I hate 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 the psychological hate the, hair the psychological horror fan i'm like okay i get it they're all psychological horror okay they all I, are you're just like choosing not to get silent hill 3 you're just making I, a choice not to get it yeah no i agree i mean i speak as someone who's only wa- seen like silent hill 3 in terms of the story i haven't properly played it <gasps> no I, I said that on tpn i said that i forgot okay that was like no, a five hour that, episode, that, honey, was, okay. that was in june that was in june that was in june and it was five hours hard yeah <laughs> listen i listen this episode's gonna be almost four hours i feel like <laughs> i don't this is why i need a patreon <laughs> the third place does need a patreon when are you starting one probably season two Okay, that's I, sen- that's sensible for me. I'm following Mother. I started mine in season two. Yeah, I th- I, Jack started his. I think 25 episodes in. He was like, yeah. All right, "Let's go." Listen, but yeah, Mother Jack. We live in a different podcasting landscape now. Okay, podcasts are so oversaturated now. By the way, and mm-hmm. honestly, everything is horrible. It's true. Your, I mean, your show's good. TPN's good. Obviously, I'm fabulous. Um, ag- okay, agitator. agitator um uh, back wall back wall great Filthy armenian adventures, adventures red scare uh, red scare and Thought topics. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean again <laughs> was it one only one straight male podcast in there one straight uh one straight, straight female straight gay yeah like <laughs> i'm seeing a trend here yeah it's Is, li- it seems the seems 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 like gay men certainly make better podcasts. I don't it's know. because gay men are the only people in the world who have any fucking passion for anything. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, what was I saying? Uh, I'm sorry, I, I, we, no, I, I actually spl- lost to Shadow no. the Hedgehog. Shadow the spinning, Hedgehog, spinning Hedgehog, <laughs> spinning world. But okay, Sonic Adventure Two, like. <laughs> This... <laughs> okay, 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 okay. This is okay. You have to admit, 
on our in your Discord, this is exactly what we wanted. This is Except exactly what I wanted. Back at back in the beginning of the year when we had our like insane night of screaming at each other in the channel, this is exactly what we wanted. Because you can't talk about Sonic. It's so like this is such a gay pioneering. You, no one has ever tried to talk about Sonic seriously except no, for a bunch of straight, straight autist video essay essays, and they're all doing it for clicks. I was hoping you would dramatically open your <laughs> like straight video essays sort of thing. We're going in, baby. We're going in. Girl, I'm about to get wasted. I can't take any more. No, I'm sorry that it's always your show that's a victim <laughs> to people getting blackout drunk on it. <laughs> I don't care. Like video games are, I feel any any medium that you genuinely care about, you you need passion. Like yeah, point blank period. And I am so happy that you exist because like no one, you are the only interesting person talking about video games on the internet ever. Yeah. And I, I feel like I'm doing a duty, you know, for you and, like, someone like Jack, where I know you guys are extremely busy people. Girl, and shut I, up. You're no. not doing a duty for anyone. You are doing something brilliant for your own sake, okay? I, I Yeah, yeah, I know that. But it's just, like, you guys have to, like, watch movies, read books, listen to, you know, like, all that sort of stuff. And then, like, tell telling you to, like, hey, play a video game that takes 80 hours to beat Final Fantasy. Um Shin Megami Tensei, um, any JRPG, uh, like that—that that takes effort and work. Work, mama. Like, what was I saying? I don't. <laughs> You're saying that it takes, you know, a lot of time for a video yeah. game, and so you have the Listen. passion to finish the games. I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, granted. Does it take 80 hours to beat Sonic the Hedgehog? Maybe if you're going for the all eight emblems. Uh, which, by the way, I'm not doing. Before no. I bought the game, I was like, I'm going to get everything so I can get to Green Hills out. And then I kept getting fucking C's and E's on every fucking stage. And I was like, oh, yeah, the, never the, mind. The rating system for these early games is tough. It's brutal. I was like, I kind of slayed that. And it's like, C. Yeah. And it's it you know in in the logic of a Sonic game you think like oh if I go faster the ratings gonna be better nope no nope. you have to like kill enemy like the robot you know the bad nicks which is the proper term um Slay. you have to you have to like kill them in like a specific like amount like you have to string together with your homing attack or your late the lock on laser like or in knuckles and rouge's case you have to find the treasure piece the the, the emerald piece within a, as fast as you can like yeah you know, and also i had to play this i had to play okay sonic adventure they had it in english sonic adventure 2 i had to play in japanese and i had to read the fucking hints in japanese and i was like oh my god is, no is it, is it hard in japanese no the hints are easier actually but i'm retarded and like basically <laughs> illiterate so sometimes it'd be like like oh yeah, no, not good. I was like, oh god, I don't want to stop. I was like, oh, can we talk about Omocha? Oh, she's she's a she's a diva. You can pick her up and throw her. Yeah, exactly. That's in ways she's better than Tikal for that. Okay, Omocha is this annoying barking robot. robot, and there are so many of them. And okay, in that one Knuckles level when 
you're in the watery mine. There mm-hmm. is one area that has fucking three Omochas in them. And if you walk even a little bit close to one, you'll activate it. And then they start yipping at you. They're yeah. so annoying. And they and they never they never they always either repeat like basic controls or they just say, Have you considered going down? Or have you considered going up? Oh, and like, that fucking okay, the Japanese voice is especially horrendous and pissed me off. Yeah, in the American version, she's a pleasant woman kind of voice. Like, it, it can get grating, but, like, it's like, whatever. But I can't imagine what Japanese is like. It's probably some, like, I'm like, oh, oh shut God. up. You find... pick him up, throw him in the water. It's... Oh, bye. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. It's... it's Sonic Adventure 2, like, Maybe it's because you and I are like fairly drunk at this point. Like, and I feel like there's more like emotion tied to it too. Like, yeah, it whether it be like the Maria soap opera, barely a soap opera, like drama of like Shadow finding out what his true purpose in life, which is just to oh, I'm not supposed to defeat humanity. I'm supposed to protect humanity. Like, oh my god, like, <laughs> this is like, <laughs> it's so stupid. How do you fucking deal with this? Like, I don't even, like, know what slot in my brain to deal with this in. Like, yeah. well, we, you we... should, I'm good at, like, graduating, like, low stuff into, like, beautiful, glistening sublimity. But it's very difficult in a game about a bunch of hedgehogs. A bunch of hedgehogs, a bat, a fox, a obese man and a a kid in a question mark whatever that is i've never seen one it's not real <laughs> like I, can we sonics oh whatever why, why do they pick these animals yeah why can't they pick a raccoon sonic the raccoon sonic the coon <laughs> okay that's a boot i'm sorry hedgehog works no, hedgehog. Okay, hedgehog works, but like really fast. Okay, let's like, charm me the charm. Charm the bee. Charm the bee. Kind of a sly. Espio the chameleon. Hmm. I mean, always... I like I like the look. I like his voice. No, it's very low, isn't it? Yeah, it's like low and like borderline sensual. Oh. We're nope. getting to the oh. layers. Sam's oh. gonna fuck oh. it. Oh, <laughs> fuck Espio the chameleon. No, 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 no. Uh, Vector the crocodile. No. Uh, Big the cat. <laughs> you already know my thoughts about this one. Uh, Mighty the armadillo. That's from Knuckle. Knuckles Chaotix. I know it is. Mighty the Armadillo, I can't remember. Wait, what's the name? Okay, there are okay, here's a real one. Yes. Here's a real challenge for you. Sonic Riders. Okay. So you have Jet your the team. Hawk. <gasps> Stop. Okay, but there's two more. Purple and green. Or purple <laughs> and gray. Purple and gray. That's all I remember them. I can't remember their names either. That's one, what I was one... asking. Gray, gray, the gray one is like big 2.0. Yeah, he's like, he's like big, but also kind of a bird. Yeah, they're they're, they're all birds. 
Why do we know this? This isn't even the worst of of the stuff I know. Like, well, honestly, do you remember? Do you remember in in Unleash the like purple thing that like? Oh, I hate her! I hate chip, him. Chip, he's... chip, chip. <gasps> don't say it! Don't say it! If you say his name one more time, he's gonna like appear. <laughs> if you say that character's name one more time, he's gonna like fly into your room and kill you. Okay, it's Sonic, funny. big gray animal. <laughs> Why don't I have a Patreon? This would be the best Patreon episode. Let's start with this one. Why not? Listen, I have to get my feet off the ground. You know what? I have to prove myself as a podcaster, Zach. Wait, look at this. It's uh, Big the Cat. It, it literally uh, says Big the Cat underneath this picture of the gray one. What is his name? Oh, I, it's going to be something bad. Oh, 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 it's Storm the Albatross. That's atrocious. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Sonic Riders was around the time of Rush, and you know what Rush did, right? I'm gonna Blake. show you Dude. Sonic, Sonic Speed. Speed. Ah. Why do we ride another wave? Are we unloading like decades I'm, of trauma? I'm like, literally like un- I'm like my fucking like psyche is like the- spitting out every Sonic thing I've never I've never talked about you Sonic know what? Riders okay, out so, loud so- in my entire life. Yeah, I played it, I beat it, and I beat it. What Tower of Babylon? <laughs> Tower of and- Babylon. Oh my god! Bad, bad. <laughs> Look, Battle for your life. life. Bad- Storm the Albatross. You know, Sonic Riders came out around the time of Sonic Rush, and you know what Sonic Rush did, right? Blazed Cat. That's that's a that's a. It also has Jet Set Radio soundtrack on it. Yeah, Hideki Nam- Naga. Oh God, uh, Naga Numa. I don't know her name. Uh, all I know is that his Twitter is cringe. They suck. They. They. <laughs> I'm trying to form words. They sample a Malcolm X speech. In the, oh yeah, his victory yeah. scheme. Yeah, that's. I can't Sonic... say words. I kept trying to say Madam X. I was gonna say they sampled a Madam X victory scheme for that song. Oh my god! Imagine if like Sonic had a song that samples like a Madonna song. When is the Madonna Sonic crossover happening? Good question. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> that's a good question, though. Why hasn't Madonna done a Sonic song? Where is the Sonic collab? I mean, she already collabed with Pepsi, and like Pepsi is like the Sonic of the soda universe. Listen, Sonic. Coca Cola is Mario. Obviously, Pepsi yes. is Sonic. Listen, Sonic Unleashed has an African stage, so it more or less takes place in Malawi. <gasps> so true. Okay, that's what Sonic... Malawi. That's what Malawi looks like to me. It looks like that one stage in Sonic Unleashed. Otherwise, it's like all like Final Fantasy, like Mediterranean fantasies, and then it's just like Africa. It's like Resident Evil Five. I, oh my god! Hey, Lone, I knew, how... that, I knew, I knew this was gonna get here. I knew this was gonna happen. But I'm living for it. I just have to get all of this out of my system. Yeah. Okay. If I if we get this all out, we will be we will. Ex- I'll never have to talk about it again. Like yeah, exactly. I okay. You played all the Sonic Advance games too. Did you ever play Sonic Battle? No. I played that. That was the Dreamcast one, right? No, no. That was on Game Boy Advance. And it uh, is a fighting game. Oh it's my... a fighting game. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. I've I've seen because well, you, you watch Sonic X the anime, and there's an arc, okay, 
there's an arc of Sonic X where you are doing the plot of Sonic Battle. I'm just going to pee here. Okay, that's fine. I'll put a Sonic Adventure 2 song in here. No, I'm just going to pee into a can. You can keep talking. <laughs> you want me to censor that part out? Who cares? I don't know. This, listen, this, I think this is the greatest episode of the third place yet. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I've been oh, waiting wait. for, I've been waiting for a return to episode one. Jack and I, Jack screaming about fucking Catholics. I've been waiting for like an equivalent to that, and this is it, baby. By the way, no one talks about the fact that that was the first time that the Catholic problem was brought up. I say as I'm literally pissing into a can of sop right now. <laughs> I feel glad that the third place addressed the Catholic question right from episode one. Oh my god, I'm like filling up this like whole can. I'm like, I really had to piss, apparently. This is Sonic's this is what Sonic does to us. This is trauma. This is therapy. This is, this is trauma. No, we're like literally like we we had to say all of this out loud. It is so important that we said this out loud. I don't and know if I, I get, could have I guarantee it's been locked inside of me. I guarantee you though that we're not the only ones though. No, no, it's real. Yeah, it there are there are thousands of people in the world been affected by Sonic the Hedgehog. Killed thousands of the gay, gay men. men. <laughs> Okay, where's marina so, where's the marina sonic song? oh my god so this is the can of beer right uh-huh. i pissed until here <laughs> oh my where did we go where did we lose it where did... we lost it like three hours ago where am i <laughs> what year is this this is 2001 and we're on a dreamcast playing sonic adventure 2 but I, it, it, you know it's what? not fair that we were trapped with this secret knowledge this whole time okay like yeah. someone had to say it yeah literally like who else would dare to do this no no like we've talked about the horny side of sonic fandom chris chan other and stuff. now we're just now we're just stuck in like this like fallout of like I, I, this <laughs> horrible retarded product that we were like raised with. It's like so insane, and it's like Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure Two. They have like beautiful blistering messages of truth. Like yeah, I, I think that's true. But the format is repulsive, evil. and like we're we're so we're trapped with it. And Chris Chow forever. Yeah, yeah but. <laughs> Again, I still think of the three paths that you laid out at the beginning, mm-hmm. we somehow got out of it the best way. Like, yeah, even though we're still unpacking, like, what seems like legitimate, like, PTSD. No, like, it really feels that way to me. I have never, ever in my entire life talked about my sonic fixation as a child, ever. Neither have I. Like, it's, I don't. It's so it's so wild too because as you said, Sonic Adventure Two is so op- again. It's op- even though it has a melancholy message, it still has a very touching ending. Like you know, Shadow sacrifices himself after you fight the sort of failed prototype that Shadow. Uh, what pre- we ended up being, yes, yeah. Like in, in Shadow sacrifices himself for the better of humanity. And the characters all have a loving send-off to him. Sayonara, Shadow the Hedgehog. 
but like and the characters all kind of like come together and settle their differences even Eggman the sort of the series villain has a moment of like reflection too which honestly yeah which made me think which made me like Sonic Frontiers has like sort of a similar moment where like Eggman confronts his sort of being the villain moment it's that's why I think Sonic Frontiers is legitimately a great game. It, it feels very much in the vein of, uh, you know, Adventure 1 and 2. But, I, you know, I'm going to, this is going to sound weird when I say it. No, say it. The, the, the fact that Sonic Adventure 2 came out before 9 11, like. This is it. This is the yeah, last moment. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this came out, was it three months before 9 11? And you can right. set and you feel it like it feels so optimistic still, even with a melancholy, somber ending of a character dying. It still like brings everyone together at the end. And there's still like a positive ray of light, Madonna, ray of light, like ending for these characters, you know, as like this, like kind of mini galactic force that's about to destroy the Earth is going to happen. Like Sonic Adventure 2 transcends the sort of mediocrity or something of what it should be. I, I don't know. Like, it's like a game that involves characters, a level involving kart racing should not have like a, a, like a very sincere moment at the end. No, it really should not, but we are all faced with the consequences of it. Yeah. <laughs> and now here we are. We here we are in the fallout. Like after Adventure 2, we had heroes, which we discussed, Shadow of the Hedgehog, while being earnestly kind of like hilarious. Oh, it's a horrible game. Yeah, it's legitimately awful. Like oh, even it's when, like it's so bad. Even as a kid, I knew it was bad. I knew too. And then Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog 2006 also never bad. Pl- I never played it. I played it. I mean, I didn't have an Xbox when it came out. It, it or a su- PS3. It it suffered from the problem of it was they had to finish it in like a year. Yeah, I know this in the video essays. Yeah, they, it, yeah. but like, I know even even if it had time, I don't think it could have. I mean. <sighs> I think it could have been good, but like Sonic forced it to be bad. Like just the franchise made it had it had to be the way it is now that we know it. Uh yeah. The next one I played, Sonic and the Secret Rings. Bad. Played that real bad. Sonic Unleashed. Everything that's not the werewolf hedgehog. Good. I I don't I, like any of that game. I find the texture. I played it on the Wii. Oh well, I played it on the 360. In the 360, I played, on, I played on the Wii. It was disgusting. the The 360 version is legitimate, is much better. Albeit the game literally almost freezes because it's like so intricately detailed. I think Unleashed, if if they didn't include that werewolf hedgehog, the werehog, if you will, which is what they call it. Uh, if it didn't have that, it would have been fine. Uh, Generations. Mm. Cute. Played it. Cute. 
happy anniversary, happy birthday. Sonic Colors. No. No. But you know, people say that they like it. They say it's like a return have, form that's good. Have they no. played have they really played it? No. I haven't played it. Neither I have I, not. but it looks no, obnoxious. No. Anything that has like colors. Ew. No. That's what Shut you... up, Mario. Yeah. Go away. <laughs> Uh, this is but... only for fucking freaky autists. One one thing we have to say is that Sonic 06 killed story based Sonic, Sonic games, games until Sonic Frontiers. Yes, literally, absolutely. Because after 2006, they fans, the autists, said Sonic can't be serious, so he has to be a cartoon character. Let her try. Yeah, and Frontiers. She she pretty much succeeds. Okay, I know it. I know that it's like baffling and difficult to accept like these cartoon characters dealing with race remorse, <laughs> um, trauma about the death of your only loved ones, your place of existence. But like, why not let them try? Yeah, I mean, let them try. Mario can be Mario. I don't care if Mario woke up one day and said, "I'm going to talk about the race problem in America." You know what? Let her, let her, I would let like her. to. I'd like to see her try. Yeah, exactly. I like, hate Mario. By the way, I, I hate her. I like sixty four and Galaxy. I like sixty four. I like Galaxy. Uh, Sunshine I, is. Sunsh- I, like Sunsh- I like the idea. I like the. I, I like the vibe. Yeah, but in execution, no, ma'am. I do not want to play any of those Mario games on Switch. Don't play them. If you're uh, a person, don't play a Mario game. Okay, at least Sonic is like fucking weird and like autistic <laughs> and like, like broken and like like sexual. Like, do not play a Mario game. Don't play a fucking Pokemon game. If I find out about one more gay man who loves Pokemon, I'm gonna cut my arm off. Yeah, the Pokemon has also a weird Sonic esque energy where it created a cavalcade of like. Yeah, but the like, cavalcade it created is like of like normie like DC gays who like to well, wear the, jock straps. It's the, so weird. The 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 twink jockstrap gays or the suspiciously mentally in uh incapable bears who uh bite their switches. What? What is wrong? Why is this happening? It feels like an experiment. No, like, what's going on? Like, Nintendo has, like, literally created this, like, sissy hypno brain loop that, like, makes, like, gay bears, like, incapable of processing complex emotion. That's what I take that personally as a gay bear myself. Like, it. You didn't get hypnotized that way. No, I didn't because I was a PlayStation boy. Exactly, and now you're normal. Yeah, exactly. Nintendo <laughs> uh rots your brain, turns you uh makes you a mongoloid. Um mm. again and we've you know we we did the SMT five episode, what was it, in May? Uh-huh. It, it you know, try as we best, as we hard as we did, it seems like it's still progressing down a downward spiral. It is. Like you know, one of the main Nintendo games this year was a Kirby Battle Royale about eating food. I'm not kidding. And make your Kirby bigger. I no ma'am. It's it's depressing because like I don't even want to offer a comment about that. 
Oh, I, I, I mean, okay, like cause... Kirby and the magic yarn, huh? Excuse me. What did you say to me? I if, the only Kirby game that I acknowledge is either Air Ride or <gasps> Slay or Amazing Mirror. I like. I love Air Ride because I oh, Air Ride has the same quality as Sonic Adventure. Where it's like you're just like in a landscape and like you're like fucking around. It's like you a, know? it's like a dreamscape painting that you can like drive hoverboards around. Okay, Kirby Air Ride is the best game ever made. <laughs> but it's it's like up there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but like like uh, I it's sad to see Nintendo like this because in the GameCube era they were seemingly trying to push to be beyond their brand. Oh, the GameCube era was amazing. Wind Waker is the only good Zelda game ever made. I okay. Except for Twilight... Ocarina of Time and Majora's oh. I okay I okay okay <laughs> I defend Zelda I'd say Link to the Past which was at Sydney uh, I was Link to the, yeah I was being a hyperbolic yeah, yeah, yeah but like Ocarina of Time Slay Majora's slay. Mask Double Slay oh the best Slay Wind Waker cute Slay no no Wind Waker is my favorite Zelda game yeah, ever it, I like Twilight Princess even though people <laughs> kind of hate it I, I liked it. People want yeah, to I liked it. Skyward uh, Sword, else... boot. Skyward Sword, boot. Boot, boot, boot. boot. Ugly, yeah. ugly boot. Yeah. No it... talking. Zelda, shut up. Yeah, Fi. <laughs> I hate that I know that name. Okay, Phantom Hourglass, boot. <laughs> <laughs> Just train. Kidding. Played tra- that for like 70 hours. Oh, what is that even called? The train one? Phantom. I think it's Phantom Hourglass. No, no, that's the boat one. Spirit Tracks? Spirit Tracks. Uh, why do I know this? Bro, I, oh, I my spent God, all so my life learning up. about games. <laughs> <laughs> why can't I just, like, play... Breath of the a... Wild sucks. I think it is the epitome of okay. It's retarded. I don't like it. I think it's annoying. I don't like the look. I don't like the noises. I don't like the open world. I don't like it. I well, think you can play it for 30 hours and that's it. And then you're never well, going to get... No, 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 no. Well, Zach, are you ready for the sequel that comes out in May? Is it already? Yeah, the, the sequel. It. the sequel, Tears of the Kingdom, comes out in May. Okay, well, that's the worst Zelda title of all time. Zelda can we get another spirit tra- Oh my god. Can we get another spirit tracks? When we Tears of the Kingdom? Yeah, Tears of the Kingdom. Huh? Race? Two little <laughs> black people? I why can't we just have Wind Waker 2? Where are the boats? Yeah. Where's the king of what's his name? Red Lions? So cute. Yeah. He's the king of Hyrule. Yeah, as a boat. <laughs> What about Tails riding in a mech? Boot. Or not, not, not boot, toot. Toot. <laughs> oh no. Shout out the hedgehog. I'm sorry, I didn't I was I was being composed for at least two and a half hours of the podcast, but I don't know if it's the last <laughs> two beers or like just like the you catharsis of, of letting Sonic go off of me. It just like this has been lodged in my spirit for so long. No, I 
it you we have to expel this from our souls because yeah, we're cleaning ourselves for the new year yeah this is the bioshock infinite you have to be uh cleansed of your soul take the baptism no this is evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 it's us like deleting the ava units yeah deleting the sonic verse sorry i don't mean to bring this up right now okay the new Otto Hideaki written movie, Shin Ultraman, is gonna be in AMC theaters in like on January eleventh. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna see it. You're gonna I'm, love it. I'm gonna I saw a commercial for it when I went to Avatar. What? Yeah, no, I told you this. Oh, I missed that. No, no, it was in your Discord. <laughs> oh. Yeah, like I, I said, oh hey, Zach, they had a commercial before the trailers for Shin Ultraman, uh, like a two day event in January. Yeah, because one day is English, one day is Nihongo. Go get your ticket. You're going to love it. It's amazing. Should I go to Nihongo? What's it on Nihongo de Dio? You go watch it in Japanese. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no ego. You don't need you don't need the fucking English dub. Go watch it in Japanese. Also, the main actor of that, Takumi Sato, is so hot. He's so hot. I trust your word. I've never seen this man. I trust your word. You've seen it because I post him all the time. But okay, imagine imagine hot, sexy, 41-year-old Japanese man getting suddenly transformed into a 70-foot-tall superhero in extremely tight latex as he deals with the existential future of the human Earth. Slay. Work. Runway. Sonic. (laughs) Amy Therese could not understand this. Amy Anything. Therese could never... Okay, Amy Therese can listen to this episode and then she can talk about groomers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. If you don't understand Sonic, you're, like, literally, like, by law not allowed to talk about groomers, okay? Because, like, you don't even know what the worst threats are. You're being retarded. No, literally... I mean, oh my God. Were we groomed by Sonic the Hedgehog? Question no, mark? we escaped. We got out of the fucking Epstein Sonic <laughs> island or whatever. <laughs> Oh my god. We, you know who didn't? You know who did not? Who? Lucy. <laughs> hey sister. Hey doll. I wonder if she listens to my show. She still follows me. <laughs> the, the 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 original third part to this episode idea from like early yeah because like Lucy was the other contributing party to us talking about the Sonic stuff and now Oops. lost in the wind forever because should I just like read the message she like sent to me on air or just like just for nah, fun? I, let's, <laughs> let's just kidding Cyrus <laughs> let's leave let's leave an air of mystery to what she said we you and me know what she said. Her actions speak her actions speak louder than anything she's typed. Beautifully said. You're more <laughs> responsible than me. Listen, if this was a season two episode, this would have I would have let you read that out loud. But I'll come back, I'll read it next season. Well, well Sonic the Sonic two. <laughs> when we in a in a year when we like collectively gotten more Sonic trauma. I'm not playing another Sonic game until I'm asked to. Ever again. I'm not I'm not gonna play Sonic Frontiers. I'm leaving it all in the past. I am deleting all of Sonic the Hedgehog from my life and I'm going to move on from here. No, I <laughs> Except don't think... I do want to buy a chow. Fair. Fair. Yeah, I mean I think if any Sonic game you should play, maybe Frontiers. I think you would like it. It's very I short. know I'd like it, 
but it's... I'm not going back into this sickness. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go back. I, after I got this all out of my system, I don't ever have to talk about it again. I can leave it. I can leave it. And then if anyone ever asks me about Sonic and say, okay, listen to the third place, and then I don't have to say anything. Yeah, this is like I expelled my demons for... I'm done now. For like four hours. Can you give me one last kiss? <laughs> oh my god, one last kiss is about expelling Sonic demons. Yeah, one last kiss is like literally about getting the Sonic demons out of your soul. Pissing in a can. Lucy. Four <laughs> hours of podcasting. Oh, I can't believe I've done like three multiple like four hour plus episodes in like a month. And what's funny too is like these are games that are like what, 10 hours? And like we've arguably talked about them for like you can easily finish Sonic Adventure in the time of this episode, probably. Oh, you can beat the Sonic campaign, no problem. Yeah, you can finish the Sonic campaign and Tails and Knuckles, probably. Tails takes like thirty minutes in the first game. Uh, Yeah, you can at least do Amy. Yeah, Amy takes (laughs) fifteen. Like, oh my god! I will say to to close out everything. It is. There is nothing more beautiful in the world than Sonic and Shadow switching places as the whole team roots them on to save the Earth as a giant space lizard is pierced on the satellite crashing down towards Earth, firing lasers everywhere, and then you and your arch nemesis Shadow Self defeat the the creature Bio Lizard. Bio Lizard, as Live and Learn is playing. Yes, of course. And then, and then the game ends, and there's a big faded image of Shadow over the Earth saying Finn. Great. Well, hooray for that. But, okay. I think you can agree with this. This period, period of Sonic Team Sega, it felt like humans were making it. You know, people people were making it. And it reflects in the bizarreness, the the rough edges, the obtuseness and everything. Like mm-hmm. we we spent arguably 15 years of post-Adventure 2 of, like, committee-think type experiences to which only Frontiers got us out of. But, like, Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 reflect... They're they're unique, absolutely idiosyncratic images, without a doubt. Yeah, and to not sure as though if people today if they were to pick them up fresh and never played them again would have the same experiences you and I had I don't know but in the moment that we played it in the early mid 2000s like that was a moment like it you know <laughs> yes it was that was the moment like now come on <laughs> exactly like I, if I were to talk to someone 
our age and i said sonic adventure one and two they would know the feel i mean maybe not as far as we go but like they would know the sort of joy and experience and memorable little moments of these games as broken as they are they would not look on them negatively i don't view them negatively i don't view sonic adventure one and two as bad games as much as the internet wants me to think that they're bad games no these are glistening moments of human error trying their best to create a specific uh, idiosyncratic image and it's a complete disaster Um, the camera doesn't work. The, the gameplay is awkward. You have to do audio all mix. These, the, the audio mix is fucked up. Like the pacing is wrong. But like it, because of all of that, actually, it becomes more truthful. And um, I'm so glad that this became a sexual emblem for our yeah. generation. Nothing okay. else could have done it, and this is this was it. Oh, off topic. You know what this reminds Sonic. This period of Sonic reminds me of. Tell it me. Reminds me of, it reminds me of Resident Evil. It does too. It does remind me of. It does too. My fucking vocabulary falling apart. It reminds me of Resident Evil as well. Yeah, like this earnest belief by Japanese developers trying their hardest and failing, but also succeeding at the same time to create beautiful little, a beautiful singular moment in time of their era. You know, um games games are a unique medium where like over the course of time like controls get better camera gets better you know audio mixing gets better storytelling gets better but it's almost important to understand the history of this medium you mm. know just you know sonic adventure 1 and 2 maybe more Sonic Adventure 1 than 2 cuz 2 is like they had, most of the industry had figured out 3D uh Sonic Sega was still trying to figure that out but like Sonic Adventure 1 was in that transition period from 2D to 3D and there were growing pains I mean sure were. You, you, you had to but if you were there in that moment you got it and you understood this beautiful broken moment and whether or not we whether or not you have like we do have this like shared trauma of this franchise or you're just like a sort of casual fan i i think that there is a sort of underlying beautiful message to this franchise i mean it's rudimentary basic as can be you know it's like you know power of friendship it's persona like power of yeah. friendship overcomes all but like when you believe when a game believes in itself it believes in its message its ideas and it goes for it it's magic it's you know it's in many ways it's an art an art 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 camp boom chica art close I'm it ref- there because i have to fucking pee uh, but, uh, yeah <laughs> i'll be right back I'll, I'll come say goodbye to you i have to piss so bad i could kill okay. myself Okay, that's fine. <sighs> okay, I peed. I feel so much better now. That was the sonic demons escaping you. I'm so afraid of this whole can of piss that's just that you like. <laughs> uh, listen, it's like uh, it's like almost full. This is again we're we're cleansing our souls. I this have to the... piss out the sonic. <laughs> <laughs>
I think in closing, I think. <laughs> oh my god! I did I not so... realize we were still going. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think a proper goodbye is in in order for this. Sure, sure. For the listeners, they've sat through probably. I think this episode can be four hours long. Well, anyone who uh, makes it this far, congratulations! Uh, you're you're a real fan. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but I think. Sonic is idiosyncratic. It's a very special franchise. It's emphasis on special. Um, <laughs> it's, I think, a moment in time that should not be glossed over or tried to erase. We have to embrace the sort of journey that we all went through. And I think we just have to expel the demons inside of us or something. <laughs> Grow up something like that. Sonic made me retarded, and I'm glad it didn't make me more retarded than I am. Like but, I'm thankful it existed. Uh, I'm deeply ashamed of its presence in my life, and I'm very happy to have said every single thing about it, so I never, ever, ever, ever have to talk about it again. Me, Amy Rose, cunty, me, cunty, cunty. Me too. And I, I want to thank you, Zach, for coming on tonight. This was. <laughs> I think this is the best episode yet. <laughs> I'm glad that you say that because I was so drunk and started spitting out of control about nine times and I pissed in a can. So well, uh, <laughs> let's, this is I love podcasting. Me too, girl. Me too. I'm so glad this stupid uh, medium has uh, brought us together. Exactly. And by the way, the, obviously the medium of podcasting is stupid because like uh, only a few, like only a very small amount of people have uh, been able to continue doing it and make something interesting out of it. So I'm very proud of you for committing so thoroughly to your vision and making not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but whole, you know, 20 plus episodes of your show. You've done amazing. Listen, I learned from my mother, you, and also my other mother, Jack, well, and also uh, filthy, filthy Armenian. You can too. say Alec. He's like name docs now. I listen. Listen, I'm not calling you, him filthy army anymore. Is that that's Alec? Listen, yeah, you have to go through four hours to hear this anyway. Um, uh, yeah, uh, but, but yeah, she I will mean, not be I, listening. If learned... if she hears this, she can text me about it. But I know she. Hear, so. <laughs> he can he can DM me. Well, he can talk mm -hmm. to me next week. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. She can say, okay, just tell her next week that you got all the way this far in. Yeah, I'm exactly. sure someone else wants to listen to another four plus hour episode of me talking the third in one month so yeah <laughs> i learned from my mother's three very well that you keep going no matter what no matter how many people are listening or retweeting it you just gotta keep going and just like sonic gotta <laughs> go fast oh my we we went four hours without even saying that the the fucking meme phrase gotta go fast Sonic, gotta go fast. fast. Sonic. Sonic, gotta go fast.
Thank you.